Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You bring people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yep. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm know sure what somebody's they call written it? that one. with cheese in France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> what? Boyale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my. my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, it's my time uh, <laughs> how do you measure success hey everyone and welcome to superhero speak i'm your host dave i'm the doctor who's going to treat the aneurysm that dave just gave you i'm john <laughs> i'm jd and i have what? returned uh, the prodigal son has returned. Or mostly. And, and mostly. I hear you have uh, uh, stories for us. So I how do. have you been, JD? It's been an experience. As you guys know, I, I go to uh, once a year, we do this this big wrestling tournament in Fargo, North Dakota. It's a week-long tournament. It's, uh, it's a lot. It's, uh, it's an experience. And uh, you know, we didn't have it last year, but this year they decided they were going to go forward with it. And I spent five days inside of a football field dome, and uh, you wouldn't know COVID was still a thing. So we'll see how the next few days wind up for me. Oh, I feel man. fine. Other than my allergies going crazy, I feel fine. But anyways, the, in the time before I left, my the day after my wedding anniversary, which is on the 1st, it's now the 26th, wow. my wife started to get a headache. So I'm like, oh, that's not good. So a couple of days later, headache persists. So we take her to the doctor for migraine. They start treating her for the migraine. And then a couple of days later, the head starts to swell. And she gets like an outbreak of something right along here. And I'm like, oh, shit, herpes. So we had to take her back to the doctor. She has shingles, turns out. Oh. So she got a big shingles outbreak. I've, put this- I've had shingles. It is, <laughs> it is the most horrible thing ever. It's up there. I've had some things that can rival it, but it's up there. So the shingles thing, so she, she was, we were mistreating it because we were treating it for migraine at first. Mm-hmm. Shingles, it starts to, didn't spread bad, but her eye starts to get super like irritated. Right. So we take her to the doctor. The shingles has spread into her eye. Oh. So be with the shingles. Now they give her eye drops. She also got an infection in the eye that in the cornea that spread with it. So this was about a week before I had to leave. And then she asked me to stay for a couple extra days. And I did while we were waiting for my mother-in-law to get out there. She was not a happy camper in that time. She spent most of her time in bed. She's miserable. So then I left last Sunday. So a week ago yesterday, I left, I went to Fargo and I got there the next day and I got a text from my wife because she's like, I've got to go back. It's something's wrong with this because her eye kept staying like swollen and pink and like all nasty. And it wasn't getting better. And I've had shingles before. Another rest, wonderful thing of wrestling. And I'm like, man, it usually is three or four days and I'm fine. It's been like two weeks with her and it's not going anywhere. This isn't good. So she texted me and she's like, I also have pink eye. Oh, oh my God. Good. Well, the infe- you'd get infection. And by the way. Uh, mine lasted a, a week and a half and it was all around my torso and it was towards the end of my marriage. So, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's 
it's it's it's, stress so it's stress induced yeah Mm -hmm. that's a big part of it too and uh, so we were just uh, so it was it's okay for me i was gone for a whole week Um, (laughs) oh my god you know but she was my mother-in-law lived with her was and took care of andy for the week but yeah she she just started to turn the corner we took her to the eye doctor today the pressure in her eye is finally gone the coloring is back she's still treating the shingles because there's still a little bit of stuff right here but it looks way better but it's still you know she's gonna finish the valve tracks and it's been it's been an experience you know our team did pretty good you know uh, <laughs> team illinois one junior graco junior freestyle yay a couple kids from decalp high school i had a two the only finalist in both cadets or in both freestyle and graco came from my high school it was my dude he did really well cool. and i got a nice little vacation out of it which again <laughs> i got to be i got to i got to you know because i've been so you know living here and not doing anything and don't go anywhere and then i was like thrust right back into the wild where i'm like jam-packed with people in, in a football field for a week and i'm around thousands of people and i was like wow this is not the life i've been living for the last 18 months so you know into the fire so yes that out was the, my that was my last two weeks well, out of the I'm, fridge sure into the fire. I'm sure you're safe i mean you know they, they were able to keep everybody safe in the olympics oh wait I got my vaccine and I feel, like I said, I feel good. I probably will go get a test in a couple of days just to be on the safe side because I have a five-year-old. Cause if right, I get right. it, it's going to be, if I get it like with the vaccine, I should be fine. You know, at this point, yes. but my little guy, we, I got to know. So I'm going to wait about two more days to like incubate. And then I'm just going to get checked. Like I don't feel anything right now other than my allergies, which always go crazy this time of year. Right. Right. Like oh, yeah. that sucks. But other than that, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm, I'm going to enjoy the nice little two month break from wrestling that I've earned. <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, I hope your wife uh, feels 100% soon. Yeah, she's doing good. She baked me a cake on the way home. I got a Godzilla cake. Oh, your wife cake awesome. She's great. She's the best. She made a gluten-free Godzilla cake. And Andy put his little Godzilla Godzilla toys on top of it, so it was awesome. Cool. Cool. Yeah. How about you, John? Any Godzilla cakes for you this week? Oh, but I caught a, I, I mean, I was channel surfing. At, funny you should say Godzilla. I, I caught a uh, 2006 movie Gamera. They Gamera, remade Gamera? Gamera? What? They remade Gamera in 2006? Not, not remade. There, but there, there's a whole series of movies just like Godzilla. Oh. I think there's only a few, only a slight fewer than there are of Godzilla movies. But it was a good one. It was 2006. I think it was like Gamera Retribution or Gamera Revenge or Gamera something or other. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was, I was caught off guard. I, you know, I just, I, I need, I was folding laundry. I needed something to watch. And, <laughs> And I've I've run all the anime I, I know of to the ground. So, you know, I just saw that and, and I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Let's check that out. It was pretty good. Cool. The Gamera movies are pretty damn good. Are the Gamera, like, I remember the Gamera from the 70s, the Sandy Frank Gamera. It's like he always is hanging out with little kids, right? Like Gamera was the safer one. Like Yes, Gamera, Gamera is the friend of all children. And the, yes. the, uh, the title is Gamera the Brave. Uh-huh. Gamera the Brave. So 2006, but it was, it was, it was pretty good. It, it wasn't a standard camera film, but it was, it had a lot more heart. Actually, the way they did that was a lot better than they did the uh, Godzilla movies when they tried to introduce humans to it. So like, yeah, I know. Right. You're looking for the giant monsters, but this did it. This did it right. The other, like the Godzilla movies, it's like, keep cutting to the humans because that's what they really want to see <laughs> we believe in camera yeah 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 dun, dun, dun. sorry so anyway yeah nothing nothing else to report i'm working on three hours of sleep right now i am i'm running on sugar i happened to get some i found some more lime uh skittles, skittles. so i'm running on sugar here 
Oh man, we're in trouble. I'm cutting <laughs> sugar. I'm cutting all the sugar and carbs. I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be sting for Halloween. So I need to. Uh, <laughs> out a little bit. The hair is getting really long, especially when it's, it gets wet. So, wait a minute. You're gonna be who? Sting, sting. The wrestler. The wrestler. Oh, the wrestler? I thought yeah. you said stain. I thought it was my hurricane. Band? No, no, I'm good. No, no, not the band. There's a, there's a, there's a bad guy slash good guy in My Hero Academia called Stain. Oh okay. no, I've never watched that, so I'm gonna be Stain. I know. I was gonna say, holy, he's <laughs> gonna cutting cards is hard, man. It's, it, I've done it before, and I'm happier when I'm doing it. So, you know, especially here in Fargo, I tend to let go and, you know, be eat shitty and not and drink more than I ever do. Or else, it's my vacation time, so I always come back feeling awful. So yeah. it's time to. Uh, Time to purge. I got a brand new workout program. I'm very excited to start. So how are you, Dave, speaking of working out and training and stuff? I'm all right. Actually, it's funny because I have last uh, four or five days, I've been eating like a pig and I need to stop. And it's not like real bad, but like I was at the supermarket and I bought this bag of trail mix. And I'm like, oh, this will last me a few days. Like just a snack on here and there. And it was gone in like a day and a half. <laughs> Bro, when I was the first day at Fargo, apparently the city of Fargo shuts down at nine o'clock. I couldn't even go to Taco Bell. Everything <laughs> oh, was closed. A Taco so Bell that isn't open after nine? What I know. What, what <laughs> freaking Fargo, North Dakota, man? Are so there I no wound up, hotheads? I, well, funny. Like I, I wound up, the only I could find was going to Walmart. The only thing gluten-free they had that I was edible or that I could open it in a hotel room were Oreos. So I had oh. two bags of gluten-free Oreos. Oh, Jesus. They were fantastic. Let me tell Wait, you. When, you, when you. When you fall off the wagon, man. Oh, it's when I go, when it, dude, I go hard. I do nothing. <laughs> nothing is half-assed. No parachute, no nothing. You notice I got rid of the beard. I got rid of the beard because my first day there, we had a poor performance. So mm-hmm. I went to Walmart and I bought a pair of scissors and uh, some shaving cream and a, and a razor. And it was a spur of the moment thing. It's like, here we go. And the only scissors I could find, because the guy's like, we're closing this Walmart in 10 minutes. And it's again, it's 930. Oh my Walmart's God. closing. So I'm like, so I bought kitchen shears, the only pair of scissors I could find. So I was literally at this giant ass pair of kitchen shears and I'm hacking away at my beard. Oh, I thought that was to offset the weight from the Oreos. but <laughs> <laughs> it did, it, Believe me, it didn't help. Let me tell you. But other than eating like a pig, I have been still going to the gym. You know, I pushed myself to go this morning because I was feeling like crap because I think I ate this weekend was real bad. I had Burger King last night for dinner and it was just. Oh, God. Oh, no. That's not even real food. No, Burger yeah. King is of the um, fast food burger places. It's like the second worst. Mm, White, Cas- White Castle. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no. And uh, so, yeah. And it's funny because when I eat like that and I wake up the next morning, I'm like, oh, yeah, you feel like crap. shit. Yeah. Exactly. So I won't do that again. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The key is moderation, man. You can go yeah. a little bit. You just can't like go super crazy. Yeah, but, but uh, a little bit for Burger King is like a crumb or so. <laughs> well, yeah, it's bad. I mean, Burger King is bad. No, no doubt. I found out they do. I just recently had Burger King. So I found out they do. They do. Their gluten-free burger is just they serve it to you in a tray. Yes. With no. So I'm like, well, I haven't had Burger King in a long time, and I, t- I ate it, and I was like, oh, this this is why I haven't had Burger King in a long time. Bobby, so you, sorry, Dave. <laughs> it's like, how but, are you? I mean, but but I am curious because you haven't been here in two weeks. We talked about two big things since mm. you've been gone. So I haven't listened to the show. I've been I've, I did nothing but coach or deal with a sick wife or a five year old for the last two. Okay, weeks. So I haven't but, listened to anything, watched anything, read anything. I bought a book. I haven't even touched it yet. Okay, so my first question is: Did you see Black Widow? Yes, I saw Black Widow before I left. Okay, so so just real quick, what did you think? It's okay. <laughs> is it? Would it have been better if it came out after Civil War? Yes, it's, where, yes, where it's no, set, 
I tweeted that this movie should have came out in 2017. I think that a big part for me is I know everyone's going to make it because I know when she dies. Like that really took the stakes out of it for me. Mm. And that, that it didn't bother me, but I also like, I did like, I liked the way it was shot. It was really much, very much emulating a Bourne film, which I was okay with. But again, like a lot of the Marvel movies, the third act really kind of, kind of lost me a little bit in the third act. It's funny because Joey had uh, filled in for you, Joey from So Wizard. Mm -hmm. And he made an excellent point is that like, Marvel trained us to watch movies and expect certain things. And then we didn't get them in this movie. So everyone's like, I'm disappointed. It's like, it wasn't a bad movie. It really wasn't. Yeah. It was just expectations. Okay. Yeah. Again, I didn't have, I thought it was going to be terrible, but I like, so again, I went, I said in the show, I'm like, this is going to suck. So I went in there with very low expectations and I was reasonably entertained by it. I thought the first third was great second act is pretty solid and the third act kind of lost me a little bit but i did like the tag at the end of it the yes. leading into hawkeye i was very pleased with that i thought that was pretty cool that's gonna be interesting and there's gonna be a lot more so, daredevil people in, so in that that's what i'm year. hearing my, my my theory is that madam hydra is is gathering the dark avengers that's yes and it's gonna be the dark avengers versus the young avengers i think you might be onto something with that because again, she collect. It was interesting. She collected. So far, she's collected the U.S. agent and the the alternate Black Widow. Which, by the way, Florence Pugh knocked it out of the park. She steals the movie. Oh, yeah. She's she's mm-hmm. really good. She's very very. Talented. She's not a poser. No, she's not a poser. <laughs> she's got a lot of room to grow too as a character. Yes, yes. I I really I enjoyed her character arc more than anything else in the movie. So I mean, like I really. Remember, I was saying I think they're going to use this to replace as replacement, which I you know I'm supposed to think that because uh-huh. they're literally replacing her. But not Loki. I was wrong about that. Right. Well, that's the other big thing. Like, you you, you know, everyone was like, ah, they're not going to introduce Kang in a TV show. And they did it. <laughs> and I had some nerd ass dudes on my tour going, it's not Kang. It's he who remains. Shut the It's Kang, dude. The, the press release said Jonathan Majors is playing Kang. You show me Jonathan Majors on screen wearing a purple cape. Guess who he is? Well, <laughs> I, no, I I'm will say this. Kang. I'm going to call him Kang. Now, <laughs> now, I will say this. I will take the argument that that was Amortis. Yeah, it's it's essentially Amortis. I mean, it's essentially which is, it is. Which is just another Amortis version of Kang. Of Kang. Right. And I loved it. I thought it was great. I'm like, for once, we finally were like hypothesizing who it could be, and it never was. And then they actually did it. Yep. They did. And when you look back, I was like, oh, you couldn't know it was Kang. No, you could absolutely know it was Kang. Which we talked about on the show. It made perfect sense for it to be Kang. It's Kang. They, 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 they could have done anything because they bait and switched just before. They did. They but, delivered. Yes. But like, I mean, this is like they bait and switch you enough. You stop expecting the That's actual what, I what did. you think. And yes, yeah. it worked. It <laughs> caught me like a mark. Apparently, they had filmed an alternate ending. Oh, I didn't know that. What was the alternate ending? The, basically, when Miss Minutes tries to tempt them, that goes on much longer, and she actually shows them the things they could have. One of them is Loki sitting on the throne of Asgard, which we saw in the previews. Um, I'm okay with that. But then they did a rewrite of the last episode, and it That's became funny. mainly uh, Kang introducing what was going on. So It's Jonathan Major's monologuing, which shouldn't work. Yes. But he's so talented in his chewing ce- – like he's just like a scenery-chewing – like old school cackle villain and he really yes. does a great job with it like i'm very excited to see what dimensions he brings to the actual kang the conqueror character right so. yeah and it's the only marvel show so far that's getting a season two shocking yes. like very i didn't see this come i thought for sure we were writing off 
Loki. And I was wrong. I've never been happier to be wrong in my whole life. What what a and I love that he came out and did him and said, I'll play Loki forever. I love this. Yeah. So and, and just remember, there's more you can do with these characters. That's why it's is. getting season two. With there the others, is. they told their stories. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much done. Yeah. I didn't think there was this much flexibility with Loki and the time variant authority. Like there is. There's a lot more story stuff they can do, especially now mm-hmm. that we've been uh quantum leaped essentially where his own existence has been rewritten and only he remembers it. I mean, like mm. it's very, this is very Marvel. Like I'm wondering if we're getting like Avengers forever type of story coming up with mm. uh, King, the conqueror sure. It kind of seems that way. Cause that's what Avengers forever essentially was. Uh, I'm excited, man. Well, right. yeah, if you look at literature, like a, a lot of the suburban fantasy, a lot of the fantasy, the rogue has always got the most interesting storyline because oh, yeah. he oh, can yeah. go either way. Well, that's right? what's fascinating. Think- yeah, that's what's fascinating about this is they took the they gave us a straight up antihero story here, which they're hard to make work, right? Oh yeah, because you have to have a you have to have a character that you like, but you know you shouldn't like, and you want to redeem him to a certain point, right? Yes. Where you don't defang him because oftentimes when you have a a, a, a beloved villain you defang him and you take away everything that makes him interesting. And they, they haven't done that with Loki. Like a lot of his Hiddleston's performance, but the writing is really good. And, and the situations they put him in are intriguing. And we're left in such an interesting spot that I literally don't know where we go from here, but I'm excited to find out more. Well, I mean, it, it, just along with what you said, it's like you take a bad guy and you put him against a much bigger bad guy and you're rooting for the little bad guy. <laughs> for sure. Right? The Thrones did a really good job of that with various characters. Like I remember the first time I saw the show, my wife goes, he's going to become the he- a hero. And she's playing Jamie Lancer. I'm like, that guy? How? And like five years later, I'm like, man, Jamie's so cool. Like you forget, <laughs> you forget that he's a complete piece of shit those first couple seasons. Yeah. But again, oh. the, the character arc carries you through it and it makes it interesting and they're, they've done a really good job specifically with loki without cheating it you know because like really this was this is the loki that didn't have the character growth through the Thor right. movies exactly well he got a separate got, character growth, he did that's exactly what i was going to say he gets a separate character arc that's just as interesting that leads him to being the same person so i'm I think, very very happy with this i think this is how tom hiddleston gets to play the doctor without He's a, that's the doctor. Actually what it, it's evil doctor who yeah oh my god he could do it though Oh, he would be um, a great Doctor Who. But again, like you're right, he's essentially, this Loki is essentially Doctor Who. You said Avengers forever, but maybe we'll get uh, Heroes Reborn. You just oh, have, to find awesome. someone with, have to find someone with a chest big enough to play that version of Captain America. But anyway. Oh, uh, cosmetic surgery is available, which is one that, of No, that'd have to be CGI, dude. That'd that's true. To that's true. To be, a, to be a Liefeldian superhero? Yes. <laughs> well, that and, and no feet. Sorry, Rob. Please come on the show anytime you want. But, but all right, so other than that, you mentioned Game of Thrones, so we'll, we'll, we'll get into the controversy of the week. The other thing that I did this week, I checked out a new TV show on Netflix that, unfortunately, you haven't watched yet. No, I've been, I've, been, I've been busy, so, yes. Um, I do want to watch it. I wasn't, I was lukewarm on this, mm-hmm. but all the controversy has really made me want to watch it. <laughs> so... After I watched it, okay, so let's let's start with this. And this is the, 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 the first thing we have here for Social Media Madness, actually. Copyright superhero speak, by the way, Scott. Mm. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So I tweeted this out because of this is how I felt. And, and John, you can stop me at any point. I, uh, I, no, why don't, we, why don't we do this? You have your say and then I have my say. Just finished watching the Kevin Smith reboot of Masters of the Universe. Apparently, Kevin got high while watching Game of Thrones and thought this would work for He-Man. I like that you read your tweet. 
to which D Square said the animation and voice acting was amazing. Man at Arms is the MVP. <laughs> Todd Matthews said it can work. It can work for He Man though. Oh, and then D Square said Kevin Smith is getting way too much heat for this. To which Kevin Smith liked that tweet, by the way. Don retweeted the fact that Kevin Smith liked his tweet. Yes. Fair play to you, Don. I've done the same thing. <laughs> um, he's liked tweets from us, too. So, it, it, you know. It, yeah, I don't get to see those, though. You, you, mentioned, those you mentioned Kevin Smith on a, a on a good tweet, and he'll like it. So, he van- so that tells me is he vanity searches. Oh, yes, yes. We had I sent an invitation out to him to say he could come on our show anytime he wants. If he wants to talk about uh, Mesh in the Universe and the choices that, that were made in the show. Um, Jeremy Finestone said, I was, oh, highly, I was highly entertained by the world building committed by the show. The shadow cast by the protagonist and the antagonist led to a much better exploration of Eternia and the cast of characters. All right. So, so this is where we get into spoiler territory. <laughs> But killing off the title character in the first episode, definitely channeling George R.R. R. Martin there, to which Feinstein replied, what's the name of the show again? And I said to the true fans, it'll always be he- He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yeah, but it's not It's not He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. It is just Masters of the Universe. So. And then there was a whole side discussion that went on with George Feinstone and... Jeremy. Jeremy Feinstein. Grim Inc., I don't know who that guy is. Jeremy's a friend of mine. I don't know who Grim Inc. is. I so, lost track of it. So yeah, they they basically went off, and this is it. Kind of their 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 argument kind of encapsulates what's going on in the fan community with this right now. And I won't. In fact, I'm not going to even read. Yeah, all we don't the, need the blow by blow. Yeah, we're not going to do the blow by blow there. Um. So so I'm curious, John. What was your opinion of of the show? Okay. So again, three hours of sleep. So this is going to be brilliant. <laughs> As everything you say is. <laughs> sure. In my own mind. Okay. So a couple of months ago, I there were, there were two of our shows that I made comments about a couple of things. One was the producer of the, the Star Wars trilogy that everybody hates. Mm-hmm. Kennedy. Gavlin Kennedy. And, and I forget what the other one was. Basically... I came to realize that I fell into an algorithm hole in YouTube. Right. Where, as, as a lot of people do. Right. And I was, I suddenly found myself listening to a lot of reviewers and, and, and stuff like that, basically misogynists and, and, you know, just really right wing out there people. And, you know, it took, it took me, it took me a while to just, kind of purge that and it's made me more aware of what i'm listening to i i i thought i was you know i'm, I'm pretty good with that stuff but i fell for it <laughs> you know i still don't believe kathleen kennedy's great but some of the things they were saying about her just just aren't true so fast forward to he-man and there is a huge tidal wave of reviews about how you know about how they had forced or they had what do you call it they had they had made this new show all woke like the relationship with tila and her friend and you know the 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 black original he-man or whatever forget what his name they yeah king grayskull right so and and like it's really really hard i've tried to do a lot of searches to find like unbiased views and i can't so well i found one or two out of like 30 so and and some of the biggest biggest ones you know we're talking like 
50, 500,000 views and everything. So here's the thing. If you look at it unvarnished, all the all the the, the crap about Tila being, you know, made butch and, you know, being made, you know, with a implied lesbian relationship and all that, it's all bullshit. The thing about, the thing about uh, He-Man not showing up. Okay, we're talking about an 80s cartoon, right? 80s cartoon are what we in the computer in you know computer uh, field call item potent so the every every episode starts with things the, the way they are and it has to end the same way there can be no overarching like storylines because the 80s cartoons were mostly for selling toys what are you going to do with that when you try to update it to now now kevin smith i don't think is the greatest writer but he is a super fan what are you going to do with the characters in order to do an overarching storyline over 10 episodes well, you got to do something with He-Man because at the end of every show, if you have He-Man show up, you know, you know, unlike Superman, there's no kryptonite for He-Man, right? And it'd be hard. It's, again, Smith isn't the greatest writer. It'd be very hard to figure out a way in every episode to have Skeletor find some way to outwit him, right? So doing it this way with taking He-Man out of the picture for a little bit and expanding on the 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 mythology of the human universe, I think it did, it did, it did an okay job. <clears throat> I think, I think the show was okay. I don't, I, you know, for what it was, for what he had to work with and for so, trying to update it, I, you know, I mean, it is what it is. It's I, like, I respond to that with a few comments. The first one being when the artwork came out, first off, you were one of the people that were pissed, but we were we'll, right. We'll, but that we'll, was hold in on, the hole. But we'll, 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 and I said, you got to give it a chance. All right? Yes. Yeah, we have to watch it. You can't base it on 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 concept art. Yes. When that came out, there were rumors that came out that the show was going to be based around Tila and not He-Man. And Kevin Smith came out and said, that is absolutely not true. Obviously, he lied. Okay. First off. But I mean, that's, that's I don't think I don't think he thought he was lying because it's well, the okay, whole but, the whole plot revolves around He-Man and the Sword of Power. No, right? it doesn't. It doesn't revolve around He-Man at all, but that's regardless here or there. But there's also video that has surfaced now, and this is from before he took over this project, that he's actually come out and said he never cared for He-Man. He said that. He said that on his show. He said I was never a Masters of the Universe. The the timeline works out a little bit like that, because He-Man starts in 82. He's probably 71. It was 84, wasn't it? No, it's, it's 82. It's before 82. 82. Yeah. So he's like 11, and that's a little old at the time to be super into He-Man, because that's on the backside of it, like, right? Because I look back, like, when Trent, when Power like Power Rangers got big in 93, and I was 12, and that's, I was, I missed it, you know? Like, for me, that's like, that's oh, for little kids, you know? So I can see why he wasn't all in it. I was pretty in on it, because I was, I grew up with it. Right, like I'm a baby when that stuff starts, so I can I, I see where he's coming from. Where it just wasn't his, it wasn't quite his thing growing up because he was the age right. The age doesn't quite click. So well, Kevin Smith is about the same age as me. My, he's a little my, bit older, but I, I was into it. I mean, not yeah, but I mean, not great. My, my but, biggest issue, my biggest issue big, with this whole controversy, and it's and and I I have an article in the news about it, but we can talk about it now. My biggest issue with this whole controversy is. The defense Kevin Smith has, like, for people not liking it, is the same defense they gave to the all-female Ghostbusters. Well, you just don't like women. And it's like, fuck no. 
it's not that good. <laughs> there are definite issues with this show. It is not good. There's a lot of things that feels like it's done for shock value to get people to keep watching it. Just like kind of Game of Thrones. Like, I'm sorry, I know a lot of people love Game of Thrones, but it feels like they do a lot of stuff in Game of Thrones that's just shock value that after a while, just it stops being shocking. And it's just like, okay, whatever. Well, JD, did you want to add something? I didn't watch the show, like- so it's really hard for me to, to throw my two cents into it because I don't know what I'm talking about. Whereas Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones was not shock value. Game of Thrones is is a show with the idea that anything you care about can yeah, be taken but- away from you. And yeah. that's like that's the lesson you're taught immediately in the show. And it's not for shock value, because shock value, or what we call hot shotting, is like you just do things not just to do things and you have no real plan around them. Whereas with Game of Thrones up till up till George Martin didn't have this the book done, everything had a purpose. Right. Right. So, I mean, like, fine. I, All right. That's a bad. Ex- I'm just saying that's not a great example. And they do. And believe me, in Game of Thrones, like when, when I thought Jon Snow died, I was like, I'm out. I'm done. No more. And he didn't. It was just like a cliffhanger. I mean, there's nothing wrong with cliffhanger, I mean, especially in serialized fiction. Like, you but, need the cliff. And from what Kevin Smith said is He-Man is coming back. Well, we know he's coming back. Right. I mean, but, like, they're not going to kill him off. I think the idea, again, it's five episodes. It's so hard to draw. Uh, a, like, because it's, again, you're getting half if well, not a quarter of a story. Well, I mean... That's another thing, and I'll get to that in a second. But the whole thing is, you know who the you know who you're you're drawing in with the show, right? Like right away, like you're drawing in the guys who grew up watching the show who love it. Like that's the whole point. You, that's your built-in audience. That's yeah, why. But, but they're basically shh, hold on. Let, let Dave have a moment. That is why you're doing this. This is why you do these properties because you know there's a built-in audience. And let's be honest, boys liked He-Man. It wasn't. You know, and and they all have a certain thing. They want it to be He-Man, whatever you want to say, you know, and that, that's what drew them in to, to, to loving these toys in the cartoon when they were kids. In the first episode, you kill off three characters. It's like, what what the fuck? Like, right away, like, what are you doing? You're trying to, like, you, you, you drew us in by, oh, here's Masters of the Universe, making it feel like, oh, here's this, like, really cool retelling of the original cartoon. And it's like, nah, we're going to kill everyone off. And, you know, now now you're either going to be pissed off. And I kind of also feel like that's part of why they're they're doing it this way is they know it creates controversy and they know that it's going to create buzz. I don't know. Kim Smith's not a guy who really, like, embraces controversy, though. That's never really been his thing. Dogma? Yeah, but that's but that's not him anymore. We're talking something from 20 years ago. I don't like, know. Like, okay, let me throw this at you. Like, there's, I have two examples for you. The first is Transformers the movie. And I get where you're coming from. Because Transformers the movie, I was the prime age. I was seven, six or Mm -hmm. five or seven, something like that when that came out. Right. And like, you fell in love with these characters. You knew what was going to go on. You go into the movie and they kill off the (laughs) entire line. All of them. All of them. (laughs) Octopus Prime included. And then they, the whole purpose was to bring up the new toy line. Yep. Right. Right. And like it's a good movie for what it is, but I mean, as a seven-year-old, like I, I made jokes online. That's how a generation learned to deal with with death. It's, it's like the loss of Optimus Prime. So, and they had to bring them back because fans were pissed off. But again, the the audience for that was eight-year-old kids. Let me throw another example at you. There's this movie from the mid '90s that I really like. It's called Executive. I think it's called Executive Decision, right? It's Steven Seagal was the 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 marketing campaign. Of uh-huh. this movie, right? He was gonna. There's this. I think it's the president's on a plane. It gets hijacked by terrorists, and they're gonna get the super elite team in there, led by Seagal. Seagal dies in the first 15 minutes yes, of the movie, yes, and yes, it's a I Kurt Ross, that. and it's a Kurt Russell movie. But they yep. tricked you. 
they tricked you into it by thinking you were getting a Seagal and you wound up getting a badass Kurt Russell movie. Yep. So, I mean, that's kind of my thought of, of those two things of like an example where it can be good, an example where it can be bad. Again, this is half the story. So I'm not, it's hard for me to sit there and, and say, you know what, this is bad. But I get where you're coming from, Dave. I think there's a certain expectation when you put out a He-Man movie or He-Man show that you need to embrace He-Man a little bit. Well, what's the what? First off, what's the expectation? Because again, That's what He-Man. all these fans are locked onto is imagine a show if they, where imagine the, if, wait, uh, uh, you had your say. Let me have my say. All these fans are locked onto a show where the writing was not even secondary; it was tertiary to selling toys beyond they, tertiary. Like yes. Right. It was like it was like basically they th- they threw up words on the screen and they they had people read them and then they animated it. It's like and the I mean, show sucks. I yeah, watched yeah. it with Andy. The it doesn't sh- the hold up shows, at all. No, it's awful. It's absolutely so, awful. So so you know what are they? So they okay. So then you ask yourself, what are the expectations of the fan base? Well, the thing they got mad at was Tila not looking hot. No. No, that don't that that is not true. Well, like, well there, that's part of it. That, that. that that's part. Yeah, that's part of it. And the other part is, oh, there's no He-Man in the first in in like at least three episodes. It's like, but but what story were you going to tell? You're not going to tell stories like they did in the '80s cartoon. He wants to. Kevin Smith wants to do an overarching ten, I guess, ten episode story. Well, okay, but how off, are you going to write that? You you can't have He-Man come in and save the save the day each time because there's okay, no way you me, can stop that. Let me tell you how you do that. Though. Noel Stevenson just did three seasons of She-Ra, right? Which again, uh-huh. it was it was accused of being woke. It was accused of being you know pro lesbian. Okay, which it is, but you, which it just, is by the way. Just but one thing on. about that: me, that was yeah. an alternate She-Ra, not well, no, a continuation. No, 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 but it is. It so. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The idea, but they did. And I like the show. My wife is a huge fan oh, of the I show. Oh, I liked it too. It was so, okay, right. Yeah. So I watched every episode. I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't necessarily for me, but I, I appreciated what they were doing. Yep. Shira is the central character, right? The central character, the, the central idea of the story is, you know, driving home this idea. Of, it's the idea of, of Shira versus, or, or Princess Dora, Adora versus Katra, her, her essentially mm-hmm. sister, you know. <laughs> so you have So you have this the story that revolves around your central character. So the show's called She-Ra, right? And the show revolves around Adora and She-Ra. Mm-hmm. So I think that when the, I, I understand this critique and I'm not saying people are right or wrong, but I get where it's coming from is like, you go into the masters of the universe. The expectation is you're going to get a show about He-Man, but you get, it's called masters of the universe. It is. You're right. Like, yeah. The toy line's always been called masters of the universe, right? Yeah. It's been masters of the universe from day one. Only the cartoon was called He-Man. The movie, which I think is highly underrated. Pretty good yeah. flick. If you like cheese, I like it. It was cheese. It's, yes. It's super cheese, but it's also Jack Kirby's new gods. That's a secret. It's a secret new gods movie. That's a secret. Hmm. That's but it's about he-man right so i understand you i mean like i understand it because I, I look back on that the same thing as i look the eyes of the was transformers right when i watched a Transformers movie and i was nine or, you know it was eight or whatever I, I wanted an optimus prime story and they killed him in the first act of the story and again it led to a good story but it did subvert my expectations and so, maybe not in a good way so i understand your argument about oh you can't always have he-man come and save the day which i get but here's a better Here's a better story. Here's a better story. Nothing that stand up. Here's to. a better story. You, you, everything that happens in the first episode basically happens, but you don't kill He Man. You depower him, make him Prince Adam, and make him struggle and have to save the day as Prince Adam that he can't struggle. There's something every He Man fan was going to watch and love. Okay. I am not saying, like I said, I don't think that that Smith 
is the greatest writer. So yeah, yeah, he could. Also, you can't the, put it on it him. It could either. have been. It could have been better. He's right? a showrunner. Like he's, he's a showrunner. He's, he's, he's the show, he's showrunner, executive producer. He's not the. He didn't. I don't even know if he. But the wrote, decisions are his. I think uh, the decisions are. His. Yeah, yeah, it has to be because he's the one but pushing the whole project. Right, and they gave him the they gave him carte blanche, and it clearly he sees something. Right, and I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with a renewed interest in in female characters or making something female driven. My one thing where I'll kind of lean to Dave a little bit is we just got that. Right. Right, that's what the Shira show was. Is they imagine, did completely imagine if they killed Shira off in the first episode? Wait, and wait, that's, wait. Yeah, kind of, wait Partially you know, disagree with that. You know who Smith is like? Smith is like Snyder. He's got this idea of a few good scenes and he's stringing it together as best he can, but he's just not good enough to make it just right. Maybe. You know? Again, no, and there's like, and that's, and that's the whole thing. I mean, like the, the episode when they're in hell is a very well written episode. Well, ex- until- except for cat, you know, seeing, was it uh, Thundercats cat's layer in there? <laughs> <laughs> but the end of that episode was another thing that was just like, really? Like, wh- why? Why did you? T- <laughs> why did you do that? Like, again, there was no I, need for that. No, I, I, again, it's hard for me to talk because I haven't seen the show. But I mean, like, you need to have disaster, right? You need to have, like, to create drama, especially serialized drama. Stakes yeah. have to be real. Bad things have to happen to characters you care about, and sometimes. Like we see this, I see this a lot in comics, see this a lot in wrestling where you create stakes, but they really don't feel the stakes because the stakes never have any meaning to it. Right. There's only so many times you can get threatened with something happening and never deliver on it. So I do, I respect what they tried to do of like, Hey, we're going to kill he right out of the way. And then you know that everything's on the table. I don't know if it's the right call. I'll be honest with you. Cause again, I haven't seen the show. But I mean, I, I, I get the criticism. I mean, like it could still be a good show. It could still be a great show that delivers on everything. But the criticism is valid that you sold me. Because again, you could call the show Masters of the Universe. But it's sold on the concept of you're watching a He-Man show. And if you take He-Man off the, off the plate immediately, there's going to be criticism. Now, I agree with you 100%, John, that like anything that's saying it's bad because it's about girls is it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bad argument because the 2016 Ghostbusters is not a good movie. Right. It wasn't. And mm-hmm. like, which is unfortunate because you you couldn't have that discussion online in 2016 because you were a misogynist. If you said this isn't a very good movie, it isn't a very good movie. Right. Because you had all these top notch. I mean, the women playing that were all top notch comedians. It should have and, and worked and it didn't. Right. Because the writing and yeah. it just that's what it came down to. It's the storytelling. They just it didn't. So a lot of times the it's, history of movies is full of, of movies with great casts and good directors that just, they don't stick. It just doesn't work. Making movies yeah. is hard. It's it's, I want to say this. And I honestly think in my opinion, I think masters of the universe suffers from some of the things that that ghostbusters movie suffers from. in the fact that there's too much corporate involvement in like, whoa, whoa, the, in this, that that the entire concept of Masters of the Universe is literally corporate involvement. Right, from I get it. It's I get nothing it. more. It is nothing more than a twenty-two minute commercial I, for I, toys. I, you, I, you, like, I get it. But you this, think there weren't like fifty thousand addendums to the contract? What I'm with saying Hasbro? is like, like, <laughs> like Mattel, Mattel. Sorry. Like you know, again, that movie <laughs> that movie ends with a dance party that makes no sense because it was just like it was just about selling a product and it and yes, I get that. I kind of feel like. In a sense, that's what's going on here. In the sense that, like, oh, people, people want this. People want drama. People want these things to happen. So 
let's just make a show like that and just wrap it around Masters of the Universe. And I don't, I don't think that's a bad idea. Like I said, there's a, there's a great pitch out there. There's a great episode of uh, Super White Cinema that talks about an unmade He-Man script where it's essentially Game of Thrones. And they say it's phenomenal. It just never, you know, movies, you know, the history of movies is lined with dead scripts. Right. I think that I think the approach is correct because unless you're going to make a show for Andy, you know, you're going to do you're going to redo Masters of the Universe. I mean, like, I think that sometimes adults look back on their childhood and like they don't actually watch the shows with like realistic eyes because they suck, man. Like, Human's not even a good cartoon. Like, I was watching I was watching Ghostbusters with the kid today, and again, every time we watch Ghostbusters, I marvel at how good the writing is. Ostrzinski, like, that was yes, yeah, JMS, yeah, it's JMS, yeah, Michael, like, Michael, yeah. It's great stuff. Like, and there's uh, there is cartoons. Like, I'll watch some Transformers from the day. I'm like, hey, this is all right. Like, there's some stuff that has aged all right. Mm-hmm. Like, the He Man is not one of those things. Like, Filmation was a shit studio from the get go. Filmation made shitty cartoons, and they made them cheap, and they made them fast. Well, that's how that's they got what to they what did. the behemoth yeah. they are today. I mean, look look at how many keyframes they had. Like, like eight. It was yeah, like I was like gonna say five, but yeah. like, yes. it's it's terrible. Like there was a, it was a, it's not again. I've watched these episodes with my kid because he kind of he digs them a little bit. But again, that's the that's the target audience, right? So if you're going to reintroduce Masters of the Universe, and again, every time they've tried to do this since, it's failed. It failed in 1989. It failed in 2003. It hasn't been able to get a movie off the ground. The move, like the original movie. Is it doesn't they are they don't hold true to the key man concept at all, yeah, right? So it's there's a lot of the original Masters of the Universe concepts that are intranslatable, they really are. They struggle, like the comics don't work, like it just it doesn't work. So you got to do something with it. Yeah, did you ever read the original comics that came with the toys? No, those are hard to find. There's a and like I've never, no, I was a child, yeah. couldn't read when I was playing with the man toys. Okay, I mean, I, 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 I had a few of those and like. I know, the original I, concept of the toy is he was a barbarian more yes, than he's and, Conan. He's essentially Conan, but yeah. they made up a mytho- the, the mythology that was made up for again the same happened with GI Joe. It's the same that happened with Transformers. Right when the comic studio when the when the studios got involved, they created a mythology surrounding them, and that mythology is what has carried over. Right, right? so you couldn't the original He Man is unrecognizable. To well, they, they, that that version of He Man was in this. In, no, um, barbarian. Well, I don't know. No, no. There, there were there were several. Like there, there was. I think one that was based on the concept art, which was more barbarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he, this this was in. It's in the. You, you meet him in the fifth episode. Well, that's cool. I dig that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there, there was a lot of Easter oh, eggs in the, there. The, the, there, that, there, there. There's a really great Easter egg. Have you ever heard about the Wonder Wonder Bread He Man? <laughs> that's no. a, it's a, it's, me. it's a weird variant. That appeared, I want to say, late '90s, early 2000s. You can find it on the internet. It's it looks like He-Man. It's a He-Man figure, but he's got this body armor on. It's all brown and has like a W on it. And like they believe that it was some kind of promotional thing made in the same factory, but no one knows. It's it's hard to track down what the actual origin of this toy is. And there's a few of them in circulation, and they call it the Wonder Brand Bread He-Man. He's in that episode i gotta look look at this up give me one second Uh, it's it was the funniest thing like if you watch toy galaxy which is one of my favorite channels on youtube by the way they did a whole episode on it but yeah so oh yep and yeah like they 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 used him in the show so i was like okay that like i i love little nods like that and that was cool but looks like schwarzenegger 
Yeah, I mean, if you, it's it is He Man's head, but with brown hair instead of blonde. Yeah, yeah. So with a W, what would that W stands for? That's why they call it the Wonder Bread. One Dar. <laughs> yeah, One Dar is one of the names they gave him. Oh, yeah. they gave it to him. Okay, this is weird. I need to read about this actually. Sorry. Yes, and like, and and John, you said people complained about Castle Grayskull, but that's something that was canon. Like what? The Grayskull thing is canon. There is a character. There was a character. Yeah, Mattel. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they Mattel think- made a figure. It was and it, and like they they created this canon that that's what the castle's made after the named after this great right. But he was, was I, the original was no hero. Figures. But he wasn't. He wasn't. Was there a figure of him? There is a limited figure that you can find. Was it was he black? Because I don't. I, I, I don't that, remember. That I would imagine what, that that was the thing that I heard was. Right, if you bitch about if you bitch black. about a character because he's black, then you're an asshole. Like there's yeah, nothing, right. There's nothing I mean that that's what I'm saying. Like that's like, ridiculous. I, I that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm I taking away all of this controversy. If you look at it just for what it is and what it came from, the writing's okay. The setup from 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 episode one to episode five, but that's is the good. whole thing. I can't wait to see what happens in the next few episodes. That's the that's it's, the whole. It's good. That's the whole it's thing. Okay. That's the whole thing. You're saying it's okay, and they take away the main thing that people come to watch the show for. So it's just like. Ah. But the thing is, they're setting up. There, it's a it's an overarching storyline, which is not something that existed in the original series because the writing was just. Is is the mistake of of Mattel, Netflix, whoever in charge. Is the mistake releasing half the season? Because again, there's a lot of snap decisions. I I have a hard time judging anything when I'm halfway through something, right? Because again, you you never want to you never want to make a move a decision on a movie when it's halfway through because you don't know what's going to happen. Well, right? that could that could be the problem because they have a setup and that it's possible that the next five episodes is all He Man all the time kicking ass. But well, they've the way left they end- it, but they've left it. But with the way they ended the fifth episode, no, that doesn't seem likely. Well, we'll see yeah, what Kevin happens. Smith says he's fighting. I just saw a tweet today, unless he's being sardonic. Like, well, again, he also said the show's not based on Tila, and it- but it might not be. Like, again, he might honestly, he might not think it is. He might think that that Tila's that Tila's arc is just in service of He Man, which it could be. I don't know. I haven't seen the show, but it I don't, was. It's hard for me to sit there and call someone a liar when he's talking about his work. No, nope. I like to think you know, as a creator, you know your work better than people are watching your work. I can I can say this without spoilers. Her entire arc, I mean, she has, so- she has she has some of an arc, but the, but what she's doing is leading to bringing He Man back. Oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So He Man becomes a messianic figure. Yeah. Well, they found him in heaven. So. Okay. So let me guess. People are upset that pe- that they're making He Man Jesus. <laughs> well, their version of heaven. I have yeah. no qualm. I, Pre- I gotta watch. I gotta watch. They called show. it Preternia. I like that. Preternia and Subternia exist like in this. So. Subternia is hell. Is hell. Yes, I like it. I like it. That's cool. I got to watch the show again. I I think it's harsh to make a judgment on anything before it's finished. You know, especially when we live in this world where you're either going to get usually it's either you get all of it or like one episode at a time. When you get half of it, it's like it's hard. It's hard to judge. And especially when they're doing an overarching storyline. If you haven't seen the. But again, I'm sure Kevin has this in mind where the next few episodes are like, and then this is where it gets really awesome. This is what you wait for. I I built you up to this, but you know, they only give us half. Like my my main issue really besides the death is again. And it goes back to the, the, the 2016 ghostbusters, like trying to just, use the defense of oh well we just don't like women yeah instead of saying okay maybe maybe there are some issues with my writing or or the way this was executed you know that's that's my problem like don't just blow off actual critics like yes there are probably people that are just jerks and you can blow them off but 
you got to read some of the negative criticism and say, okay, well, maybe this is true. Maybe this no, is what the people want it. But the, I, the criticism is coming from the audience score, and I'm, I have the feeling that that's been taken well, they got over. Uh, Rod Tomatoes got bombed. Yeah. You cannot write a story. You cannot write a story based on, on serving audience expectations. That can't be done because those are never satisfying stories. That's fan That's fan service, and fan service is not – it's not good storytelling. The only just, place that works just, is in it anime. Just isn't. <laughs> I'll take I'll take your word for that. Like, I mean, <laughs> like there has to be a story. Characters have to be characters have to be treated like shit because that's what makes for good drama. That being said, I do agree with you, Dave. I do think that Ghostbusters is a great example because, like I said, man, I'm as liberal as they come, and I didn't like that movie. And you couldn't you could not express that opinion at the time because, like, you were lumped in with the comic skate types, right? Who right. Had already made that decision. And it is unfair. It does, it does defang any criticism whatsoever. Right. And there was a lot of that too, with She-Ra, but She-Ra went out, they stated right away what this show was going to be in the art in the, who the creators were, right. they put, they put their colors up and said, this is what we are. And like, if you weren't down with it, that's fine. Not everyone, not everything is for everyone, but like, Every every piece of art has valid criticism, you know, one way or the other that you have to you can either take or ignore. Right. Like I get I get reviews sometimes where I read someone says and I'm like, no. And like but there's sometimes you get a piece of criticism. And you look and you go, OK, I get what they're saying. Right? right. And it's on the creator to understand that. And I agree that when like if you have 10 voices shouting misogynistic stuff, it's hard to hear the 11th. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is like when there are a bunch of when there are a bunch of voices screaming into the ocean that don't have that that do have an agenda that is beyond the art and they weren't going to like it anyway for X reason. It's hard. It's hard to to be a voice of reason in that sea. Right now, I get it. But I mean, it's again and they, they lump anyone who doesn't like it into that. You know, and it's just like because those are the loudest voices, and those are the ones that those are the ones that you hear. I and know those are the ones it, that bombed Rotten Tomatoes. And it's like, right? And it's like, you know, like I've never heard, I've never heard any fan say, "I don't like Aliens because Ripley's the main character." You know, like I have, yeah, really? I have too. There, there's a contingent out there. There are. I've, I've, I've never heard that in my. Some of the reviewers I finally just blocked on YouTube. They no, there's it. people, there's, there are, and there are, because there is misogyny. Misogyny is a real thing. There are people that don't like those movies. There are people that don't like the, the horror movie trope of the final girl. There, mm-hmm. you know, there are, there are those people. They do exist. Well, yes, but I mean, you know. Yeah, they're stupid, but I mean, like, we just, the problem with the internet is we give them all, it gives them all a voice, right? And they can, you know. And lets them band together. Yeah. And so then you do damage. Well, I don't disagree with that either. But again, I do think the problem is, is like when we do when we do lump everyone together who has a, a dissenting voice, you aren't listening to real criticism. Right. But again, it's hard. I get it, man. It's it's really really hard. Like, and then I, you know, and again, I appreciate the Tila storyline for what it is, but it's not what I signed up for. But it's, I know that's fair. That's no. I have to. Every piece of art should be judged by what it is instead of what what the consumer wants it to be. Right. That being said, when you do a property like a He-Man, it's hard not to come in with that baggage, right? And I understand the criticism saying I was – that's my thing with Iron Man 3, right? I'll always say my problem with Iron Man 3 was I was promised Iron Man versus terrorists, and I got another evil corporate guy story that was ripped out of Batman forever. Like, 
and again, I'm alone on an island. The island's getting more packed. There are more people coming over to my island. But when it first happened, you know, I was the same way. Like I said, it goes, oh, you're just a nerd. You didn't, you don't like Shane Black. Like again, like when you're, when you're a descending voice, it can be tricky sometimes. Yeah. So I get it. And when you come in with pre, that's why you have to, it's better to go in with like no expectations whatsoever. Assume everything is going to suck. Exactly right. what JD just said. But well, here's the that. point, Dave. Here's the real point. Okay. You didn't sign up for this with Tila. What did you sign up for? Fair. He-Man. He-Man. Right. I, mean, I, get, but, I get it. But I get the He-Man of the 80s, again, is that what you wanted? What did you want out of a He-Man done by Kevin Smith in 2020? Well, I mean, I will say that too. I didn't Great expect question. too much from Kevin Smith. Remember, this is the guy who made Batman pee. Piss his pants is a better way to put it. Devil's awesome. I will go to my grave saying Guardian Devil's I think a story. I, I, I honestly think like... Is good. <laughs> I think it would have been... A, I think you could have done a more interesting story, like I said earlier, where depower him, take take away this sort of power and make him be Adam trying to figure out how to, you know, save the universe without the crutch of being He-Man. Could they? Yes, but they But you hated Iron Man 3. I never said I hated Iron That's Man 3. That's me. I hate Iron Man 3. Okay. I was actually the only one that, on the show that liked Iron Man 3. Oh, yeah, okay. That's All me. Right. I hate Iron that's, Man That's where you can get into it. Okay, fine. So I mixed you up. But okay, so like I said, again, Kevin Smith, not the greatest writer. And I would have gone for that idea too. But yeah. but I get it, but I get it though. Like I said, like it's hard. Our art should be judged by what it's trying to do. Right. Not what, not what, what you think it should do. And we're all guilty of it because, especially when it comes to these big, well, and I, we all have expectations. I also right? kind of think that there, there's things that were thrown in there for, I don't know. Like I said, it feels like there's things that are thrown in there to make you go like, "Oh my god, I got to keep watching because they did this." And it, and it, well, yeah. And, oh, and the setups were clumsy as hell. And yeah, yes. fair. I'll, I'll, as John's, if that you both agree with that, then I'll, then I will defer the point. But I mean, like, you want a cliffhanger. Like you want to get people to keep watching. If you make ten episodes and you watch one, that's a failure. You know, that's a, that's an I, even bigger failure. I get it, but also if it's just written well, you'll keep watching. Fair. I, and, I, and I can't and I cannot speak to the to the actual execution because I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. All right. And and just also keep in mind, I guess last thing I'm going to say, this is not like I was saying before. The original '80s cartoon, every episode had to be item potent. It had to begin in one area and come and end. This every with everybody the same way, you no could, growth, no nothing. Yeah, you this could. also why we like, like comic at, books. Yeah, but this no, this at the end different. feels like there's going. It's going to change. It's things. It's, it's going to change a lot. Comics is the illusion of change, as coined by John Byrne. Yeah. Like whereas '80s kids shows are just like you have to set you have to set everything back to zero at the end because you never know what order they're going to be shown in. in, in yeah, in in what uh, when, when syndication they, yeah, syndication like, right. So you had to go back to zero in every episode. You also couldn't hit anybody. You also couldn't punch anybody. Like there had to be a moral to story. Like couldn't, I mean, like couldn't say you kill somebody. Yeah, I mean, like All it's eighties right. kids. I'm gonna send you to another dimension. You know what, <laughs> John? John, since you pissed me off, we're gonna talk about Hans Zimmer a little bit. <laughs> All right, fair. I'm go- I'm gonna go get a drink now. No, 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 no. You gotta sit right here. We all gotta take our lumps on this show. Oh man. So we had talked about the, the Hans Zimmer Wonder Woman 1984 score is going to be put on vinyl. Yeah, we did do that. What and, a waste uh, of vinyl. And I, my my question, does anyone still listen to vinyl? And uh, we got some responses. Coffee-fueled Edge Screamer said, in the UK last year, 18%, 18% of all music sales were on vinyl. So, yes, they do. That's 
less than a quarter, but still pretty impressive. Actually. Yeah, it is. It's more than I thought it would be. Can, can I say that that name sounds exactly like somebody who has listened to Hans Zimmer too much? No, that sounds uh, like the exact <laughs> kind of guy who would make that comment. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, you know, in the UK, 18% of all sales are in vinyl. Coffee screamer. Coffee screamer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what that is. Uh, the old Ed screamer. Yeah. If you actually listen to the show, you know, sorry for picking on you, but not that sorry. <laughs> Timothy Jones. Said, Here we go. Here we go. I, I <laughs> you missed this. <laughs> I think it's cool that Final is making a comeback, especially for the album cover artwork. When I was a teen, I listened to the first Van Halen album so much, I think I broke a record. Yes, JD, I went there. Oh, Jesus. The, dad, the daddest of the dad jokes uh, from our favorite dad. <laughs> Sour grapes, everyone. Available at finer newspapers across the country. And uh, wah, 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 wah. hey. Wah. So Wizard Podcast said, so this is, and I know this is from Joey, the only physical media for music my daughter uses is vinyl, buying new and used stuff all the time. That's fascinating. How old is Joey's daughter? I think like six, four, 16. I couldn't find the book button. Sorry. I think that like is, 16, 16 or 17, something like that. Huh, that's really cool. Okay. I mean, I, I, you know, like some things are never coming back, but it's interesting to see vinyl come back like that. Yeah, my knuckleheads aren't buying vinyl. So, I mean, that's just that's interesting to hear that from a kid. Oh, and the final thing I, I, I brought up, and you weren't here to talk about it, Deadpool finally officially crossed over into the MCU. Oh, that commercial. Yes, it yes, did. yes, yes, yes. The, the Korg and, and uh, Deadpool. It was fun. And yes. to which we talked about that and tweeted it out, to which random Randy Savage said, uh, tweeted, a, <laughs> I love this, it's Kang from the, the Loki finale, you know, going like this and saying, it's all canon now, bitches. That is a great meme. I yes. will be stealing this and using it in the future. It is It is the, the world's greatest meme. This is um, really good. That's a really good meme. And that is all the social media madness for this week because, wow. That was a lot. That was a lot because of He-Man or the lack of. So on that note, Fair. <laughs> it's our good friend D-Square to tell you... Uh, you can follow us on social media and be part of Social Media Madness. Enjoying the show? Want to be part of Social Media Madness? Make sure you are following SuperheroSpeak.com where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page. While you're there, you can check out old episodes of the podcast as well as some other great content. Check the site often because we are posting some great comic reviews as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at Superhero Speak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. The Geek World All-Star Podcast Network include great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Colt 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, The Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. All right. Thank you for that, Don. Don't forget to check out the Omega Level Nerd Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available. And I see John trying to mouth along with what I'm saying because I say it every week. But on that note, we'll take our first commercial break and we'll be right back. After these messages. 
We'll be right back. <laughs> I should just pre-record this whole section. All right. Probably not a bad idea. Mm. We are back. We have a little bit of news to talk about. Just a little bit. So Quantum Mania has officially begun filming. What a great title. It has been tweeted out by the director of Quantum Mania, who's Peyton, Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed, right, yeah. And he 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 sent he put a picture of a evil bunny <laughs> on the on Instagram and said it has begun to signify that they're filming Quantum Mania. I have no idea what that bunny is related to. It's I got kinda, nothing. It's kind of creepy. That's super creepy, but I like it. Yeah, it's covered in blood as well with sharp teeth. I mean, it. it I mean, for those who are Monty Python fans, you might be thinking of the Holy Grail. And the the killer bunny rabbit, but uh, the bio the biohazard canister behind it doesn't fill me with with the happies either. It's Benicula like, for my children of the '80s out there. Oh my God, Benicula! I forgot. He's back. About There's him. a Benicula cartoon Andy likes to watch. It's really Criminy. fun. So we're we're excited. I mean, I, I will say this: after watching Jonathan Majors play Kang in uh, Loki, it's like, yeah, I'm. I'm I am all about this now. I don't know how it's going to work. I literally have no idea how they're going to get Ant-Man and Wasp involved in this, and I'm very excited to find out. Well, there is the... Everyone keeps talking about in the quantum realm, there's a quick shot, and it looks like Chronopolis, you know, Kang City. Maybe. So they're saying that he's hanging out in the... Actual Kang, the Conqueror, is hanging out in the quantum realm to hide from Immortus, so... Makes sense. I mean, sure, why not? Yeah. So it makes sense, but we'll see. I, I don't know. How about you, John? Are you excited now? Uh, was the, I keep thinking that city is like the Micronaut city, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I like we've gotten the wind up for Phase Four, and now and now the pitch is coming, and and the pitch is going to involve Wilson Fisk from the from the Netflix shows. Is it's that going, official, or is that just rumor and innuendo? I've heard it from too many places for like something's going on and they and they've already got they've already got what's daredevil as that is not official yeah what oh no he's charlie no 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 he's he's gonna he's not he's not gonna be daredevil he's gonna right now he's gonna be in that is no official that has never been that is not official like no one from sony or marvel ever said that well, they've never said a lot of things. They well, never said a lot of. They, you're right. They had never said a lot of things. But we've all assumed like this rumor got started, and I think a lot of people have taken this for gospel. And it's never, no one's ever said this. Hopefully, we'll get a trailer soon, and it'll settle some of this. We've been talking about this trailer for three months, and it's yet to come to light. I don't know if this movie's real. I, I thought they were going to give it to us after Loki was done, but they did yeah. not, in fact, do that. No, no, they did not. Though I will say this. If they do a cosmic level threat villain and and then a local level threat villain, like an earthbound villain, I, I could see them trying to play, you know, Kang and uh, for the cosmic and Kingpin for the earthbound threat. Well, Kingpin is going to be, there's a, what's her name? There's another villain that's going to get a Marvel show, I think, called not Rewind or uh, Reflex or something like that. Someone who's got like regurgitation i haven't heard of another villain show that there's there's some kind of connection between kingpin and the the i'm thinking arrow because i'm the dc guy hmm? 
Hawkeye. That's yeah, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Hawkeye's daughter is get, has some kind of connection with it or something, like her dealings with some mob situation. Or I, 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 well, I know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm saying in the comics that is kind of canon. That's why there's some people's. There, Vincent D'Onofrio apparently is has has made some tweets that have indicated that he has been talking to Marvel, and they've already got. You know Charlie Cox, so I, I, you know who. I mean, that's I don't know. I, I, I think there's there's too much going on for like this. Isn't just uh, you know we got this covered saying it now. Well, and again, there was an article we talked about a little while ago. Basically, they said they approached everyone from the Netflix shows except for uh, Mike Coulter, Mike Coulter, and, and Iron Fist. Uh, yeah, but Mike Coulter. I mean, Finn. Yeah, Finn Jones. Yeah. Finn Jones. We 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 won't talk about Finn Jones, but if Mike Coulter was great, and they left that show oh, yeah. with a huge huge cliffhanger, huge cliffhanger, and Mike, Mike Coulter was like a really good Luke Cage. So he was. He why was. they wouldn't bring t- him? He's got a TV show now, so it might be hard to work around the schedule. I don't know. Yeah, is that show still on? I think so. Uh, I don't watch regular TV, so I don't know. Yeah, and I was on Fox. I think I don't remember what it was. CBS. CBS. Okay, he's like a it has something to do with like possession. And, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that I, th- I thought it only lasted one season, so I could be wrong. But like I said, it didn't even say that because of contracts or whatever. It said like they didn't even approach him. But Echo is the name of the is that the, the name villain. of the show? There's no the villain. Oh no 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 no. Echo is okay. Echo is a is a Marvel character who is who Maya Lopez. She's deaf, and um, she came up. She assumed the uh, the Bendis David Mack run on Daredevil. And uh, she's she's kind of more of a hero. She is the she's also the second there, Ronin. Yeah, she's and there's a rumor she's in the she is Hawkeye in that, show. Yeah, she is in the Hawkeye show. But she's that gonna is, get a she's gonna get a show apparently. They got to get through the Hawkeye show first. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But they, there's rumors. I mean, yeah. Let's let's. I mean, probably. yeah. Let, 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 let's let's let the Hawkeye show come out first and see if people yeah. like the character enough to give her her own show. Yeah, she is going to be. Yeah, she will be in a Hawkeye. I, I mean, Loki gets two seasons because people love Tom Hiddleston and Loki. Mm-hmm. And they haven't messed on these shows yet, so let's see how it goes. Right. Yeah, I don't ever when they talk about spinoffs before the thing even comes out. I don't worry about that personally, but we'll see. All right, all right, all right, all right. And moving on, we have a Batgirl. Leslie Grace has been cast as Batgirl, and uh, we will uh, be seeing her in her own movie. She said she shared on uh, Twitter, "I am beyond excited to embody Barbara Gordon." Your Batgirl. I cannot believe I am writing. Thank you, DC. Welcoming, welcoming to your family. I'm ready to give her all I've got. So I don't know who she is. Me neither. She's in the the, the End the Heights show. I've heard good okay. things about it. I, or excuse me, In the Heights movie. I've never seen it, but I've heard good things. So, so we'll see. So our, I'm wondering. I hate asking this question, but because she was cast as Batgirl, does that mean we're going with? We're still having this is this fits into the what's his face the the the, the new Batman movie yeah the Pattinson Batman Pat, Pattinson Batman because yeah. who, who's playing Gordon in that movie it is I'm on IMDb right now it's Jeffrey Wright Jeffrey Wright yes mm. so if you if I look at that woman I say that could be Jeffrey Wright's daughter yes sure. that, yeah exactly because obviously it's not what's his face uh, Jameson Jameson yeah the guy who plays Jameson oh shoot what's his name again come on John. 
Whiplash. Whiplash, yeah, of course. Everybody, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, everybody remembers Whiplash because he was just, he was scary in that one. She's definitely not J.K. Simmons' daughter. That's no. All, that's all I'm getting at. No. So, so yeah, this, fine. yeah, I'm so okay. this Batgirl fits into that DC universe. Well, we got not a multiverse. We got a multiverse going, so, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, I know. It's getting confusing. A little bit. They got to do something first. Oh. Like, I think we're, we're filling blanks I did, in our I didn't. Head. I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't find an article, a good article, but there were pictures that have come out from the Flash movie set of Batman riding around on a motorcycle. Yeah, Don tweeted a thing where like people were staring at his butt. So that's but the thing. It looks like the Affleck bat suit. It looks like Affleck, you know, the build and, and this bat suit riding around in this motorcycle. So it's just like, what are you doing to us? Warner they're gonna Brothers, keep, DC. They're going to keep teasing with us, teasing us with this stuff until we actually see it. Because uh-huh. nobody, nobody knows what to expect. Yes. So. Yep. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's exciting to get a Batgirl finally. We'll see where this goes. I mean, the last Batgirl we got was uh, Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone in Batman and Robin. No, wait. Her, ba- oh, oh, right. Batgirl, her career was right. never the same. I, I keep thinking Catwoman. Sorry. We have plenty of those. <laughs> oh yeah, we've had, we've had. So many cat women. So we've had more cat women than you could uh, shake a stick at. We've had as many cat women as we've had Batman almost. Have we had nine cat women? Well, we had three from the 60s. Three, three from the TV show. Was it three? I thought it was only two. Oh, yeah, no. no Lee Merriweather, Julie Newmar, and Eartha Kip. We've had Michelle Pfeiffer, Halle Berry. And uh, what's her face? Hathaway. Uh, no, thank Hathaway. you, Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zoe Kravitz. That's seven. If we include Dinah Meyer from the Birds of Prey television program. Played oh, Oracle. yeah. We have eight, so we're close. So we're, so we're close to nine. I'm getting on that ninth Catwoman. Unless there's so, someone I'm forgetting. Oh, that, is that the last Catwoman? You know, no, lives? God, no. They're gonna keep making these movies till no, because cats have nine lives. Come on, I get it, I get it. But <laughs> let me have it. my joke. The Catwoman uh, is in a Gallifreyan. <sighs> yeah, but then did they change that? Now they've got ultimate. Unlimited no, lives. nobody, nobody's considering the the, on, the timeless child canon. Hold on, no, now hold on. Everybody the master, hates the timeless. The count. master reset that stuff long ago, so that is also part of Doctor Who canon. I, I don't know. I stopped watching a while ago. So well, everybody stopped watching after the timeless child because it, it was really horrible. Did. The the new the Jodie Whittaker Doctor Who is not beloved amongst anybody. Well, she's plagued by bad writing. That's what I heard. I heard the show the, sucks. The the first season was okay. The last season with the timeless child thing. The timeless child thing is just no. You don't change canon like that. You you. You just made the doctor useless. So, or anyway. Take your word for it. I thought they made the doctor like a godlike being now, as opposed yes. to just so inst- instead of, in, instead of a character that you can empathize with, who who just was some guy who went out and did good because he wanted to do good. He's now like he. There's no stakes anymore. He can just regenerate yeah. as many times. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's it. You you just took the whole motivation of the character away. Yeah, that's disappointing. So anyway, moving on. So speaking on. Of, of interesting characters and uh, DC and trying to figure things out, Val Zod, who is an alternate version, obviously, of uh, Superman from the comic books, an African-American version of Superman, is getting his own HBO Max series, which is being produced and developed by Michael B. Jordan. Who will also um, be playing the character. Is that confirmed? Mm, pretty much. Okay. He produces his own stuff. He's one of those. Okay. Okay. That's where the real money is. Mm. Oh, of course. I mean, mm. if you've got the ability, to, I mean, if you're someone like Michael B. Jordan, you can make what you want to be in and you can make it how you want to make it. Hell do yeah. It. 
give him the power, you know? Like, he's a good actor, and, and I, I like all the stuff he's in, so why not? And unlike the Abrams one with Tanasi Coates, I think this one's actually going to happen. Because Tanasi Coates is writing an African-American Superman film, and I just don't... I yeah. just don't see that one getting off the ground. Mainly because of the problems that tend to root DC films. Whereas this seems like this seems like it's gonna happen. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And Michael B. Jordan is built like Superman, so let's do it. Is he is he still built like Superman? I, did you see Creed too? No. Oh Jesus. No. The guy has got cut on his cut. They had okay. to rewrite they had to rewrite him from being a welterweight into a heavyweight because Michael B. Jordan got so large. Yes, but I know that's also hard to maintain in between the Yes, there's things that Projects. make those. There's things that make things that make it easier for actors to gain large amounts of weight and muscle tone. Now, now we don't. That's let's not start rumor conjecture here. That's what oh, I'm wait, no, 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 talking no, reality. No, let's do that. I'm saying all I'm saying is Michael B. Jordan is going to look great by the time he has to put on the Superman cape, the Valzad Superman cape. So yeah, it should be fun. There will be no no Shazam like padding. <laughs> no, no. no. Every excuse to take the man's shirt off, they're gonna they're gonna embrace. Oh, of course. I, I <laughs> it's gonna be like Goku, and yeah, I, I, it's like at the end of every scene, you know, the shirt's gonna just burn off or something because you know, oopsies. I'll take your word for it on that one. I, I'll still go with I'll still go with uh, JD's defense of the Shazam padding. It's what a kid thinks a superhero would look like. No, this so. is true. Yeah. That's what that's my Shazam defense. Yes. Though I do think he's not padding this time around. They look good, man. Everyone looked good in that suit last time we talked, we looked at it. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I for one look forward to this, but who knows how long this is gonna take. Yeah, you never know. Um, Lots of stuff is in development. Yeah, who even knows if there'll be an HBO Max or a DC by the time it gets me. Oh sorry. Said out loud. All right. Well, I think that's it for the news. Slow news week. Slow news week. Thank God. So we'll take our second and final commercial break. I'll be right back with our main topic. After these messages, we'll be right back. No, John. No, no, you're not going to kill me. Uh, I know you're only on three hours of sleep. We got to do this. I'm running on trigger, ma'am. Because we promised our audience for three weeks now we were going to do this. What did you guys think? Of what I brought to the table. Okay, okay. So we are here now. We're going to talk about... We're back. We're going to talk about the latest Stephen King novel, The Institute. Yeah, 2021, 576 pages. I oh, know, 2019 it was published. Okay, sorry. I didn't mm-hmm. discover it till 2021. Huh, huh. Okay, so let me, let me start off with saying the only Stephen King book that I've read straight through before this was The Green Mile. Which is a very different kind of a Stephen King book. Yeah. Yes, yes. But similar, when I read similar, that, similar though, there's some there's some through lines though. When I read the Green Mile, I'm like, I understand why people like Stephen King. He's he writes well, and it's easy to read, and and he tells a good story. But it's good, but it's long. It's long. Yeah, it's a long book. It, it is a very long book. I found myself a couple times like just just get to the point let's just like i don't need all of this detail like there's there's too much detail here but but i mean it's a very interesting story it's a little bit of uh it's a little bit of what's the, what's that show with the upside down stranger things a little bit a little bit of stranger things meets what's that uh what's the stupid movie uh, there are a lot of stupid movies Dave. with with tom cruise and the the precogs 
That's still not Minority helping. Report <laughs> and Minority Report. I like that movie. First <laughs> which, of all. Once you once you realize what's going on, you're like, okay, there's a little bit of Minority Report. Well, and- it's funny you say that about Stranger Things because Stranger Things says they take their inspiration from the two Stevens, Stephen King and Stephen Spielberg. It makes sense. Yeah, and no, Steven no, Spielberg it. made Minority Report, so right. I get, I get the commentary on that. Yes. Oh, very much so. But but yeah, we'll get we'll get we'll get more into it in a minute. I want to hear John. What was your your initial reaction? I liked it. I really liked it. And I I don't mind long books because, you know, I, I mean, as long as you don't go Robert Jordan long on the description, you know, you don't want to read an entire chapter describing the glint of the sun off of a drop of dew on a leaf. Then, you know, as long as you're not that far, you're good. And, you know, he King really brings a lot of uh, his characters to life, like. And and so a lot of their thought processes, a lot of their thoughts, a lot of their act, you know, a lot of them describing what they're doing or, or that sort of thing. It's all necessary. And, you know, I, I so, like it. So the way so obviously I, I'm, I'm Mr. Audiobook now and it's who read, broken. In, who read this one, by the way? I didn't read. I've read the book. actually. So. Oh, shoot. I'd have to hold on with with. It was actually really good, too. I got to say that, like when it would switch to different characters Where's the detail? Oh, they did different voices. He would do he he and he would like even when it was like a chapter that that concentrated on a character, he would keep that voice going. It was really like I really liked how he did that. Shoot, it does not say I have Audible open and I don't see. I'm doing a Google search right now, but continue. Santonio Fontana. I'm not familiar with this person. Yeah, I didn't know who he was either, but he, it it it's really good. Anyway, where was I going with this? So. Oh, it, it's, but I, I quickly picked up on like, it feels like this was, it, it almost feels like this originally was going to be a series of books and then was com- put into one book the way that That's it's broken King. up. That's just King. It's, he's just is that, is that how he, yeah, he normally he's just does long it? long sometimes. Okay. Cause you know, it, cause he writes these like, cause the epics. chapters would start over, right? Like it would be, so, so the first, the first section deals with Tim Jameson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his story and him ending up in South Carolina in that like little non-existent town. And, and then the chapter start over again. And now we're following our main character, Luke. Yeah. Luke Ellis. He does that a lot with his books. And he breaks his books up into like books. Like, and then you don't see Tim again until you get to the end of the story. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, so like when it got to the point where like Luke escapes spoilers, I'm like, I thought Tim was, I thought this was going to involve the other character somehow. Like he was going to come to the Institute and help them. And it's just like, what's going on here? Like, you know, he's doing a play on serendipity a little bit. Like a lot of times King's books will start with like two completely unrelated characters who really don't drive the story at all. And oftentimes they die. Right. And it's it's like Mr. Mercedes. This is this and the outsider are really like King's return to, uh, his more supernatural stuff because he spent a good chunk of the decade, the previous decade, finishing Dark Tower and then uh-huh. doing the the Bill Hodges trilogy, which is like Mister Mister Mercedes, Finders right. Keepers, you know, more straight mysteries, like straight thriller stuff, as opposed to supernatural. This and Outsider are like King, like like King doing like what he's most known for. This book is like if you've read King, this the Institute is basically the reincarnation of the shop. Which is where, because in all the a lot of King's books, there's a thread of ESP. People right. have low levels of either low yes. or high levels of ESP. The Shine, if, mm-hmm. if you will, it has different names, but it's in a lot of his books. You mean the Shining? 
You don't want to get sued. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, you, you know, first book carry to now. And then yeah. it's it's also a lot like probably one of his most famous non-horror stories, Stand By Me, The Body, you know. So you uh-huh. get a little bit of those mixed in Firestarter specifically. Like it's, it's very much Firestarter meets Stand By Me. Yes. I can't wait to see when Luke moves to Derry, Maine and goes after it. Did you catch the line about him moving to the town? So you guys aren't King fans. There's a line yeah. in uh, where he talks about town, the town of Jerusalem's lot that disappeared off the map. That's yep. Salem, Salem's lot because yeah, yeah, they all yeah, disappeared. Because yeah. everybody that. moved because it was vampires in town. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And that's and he makes the, the comment about the two twins look like something out of a horror, in, out of a horror uh, <laughs> story. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously he's yep. talking about, oh my God. Yeah, The Shining. Though we just yeah. mentioned it. There was... Oh, my God. So, all right. So... I mean, all right. So for people listening, the basic concept of the story is there are these kids who have either telepathy or telekinetic abilities. They're being kidnapped by this group and brought to this place called the Institute and being used to perform things for basically... Assassinations. Yeah, perform assassinations Mm -hmm. for the government, basically. So, like, yeah, I love the concept. I mean, I don't have an issue so much with the execution. Again, it's just long. There's a lot of detail. There's a lot of unnecessary detail. In fact, he he even makes a joke in the book at one point about someone writing something and not being able to edit themselves. And I kind of felt like, oh no, he's uh, he's self-referential. Yeah, he he always self-deprecates. Mm-hmm. Always. Right. In fact, right. like one of his most famous ones is in Sleepwalkers, when he did a, he did a cameo in one of the scenes in Sleepwalkers. One of the sleepwalkers doesn't have a doesn't actually have a book. It was just a screenplay, and he 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 looks up. And he says, oh, "I didn't do this. Nobody can nobody can pin this on me because <laughs> sleepwalkers was really bad." Right, and right. It's, it's fun bad. There's yes, also the is. part. Of, there's part in it where like there's the one of the long running jokes in it chapter two so, was that uh, Bill the writer doesn't know how to end a story. Yep. Like well, you know, he <laughs> yeah, never yeah, knows yeah, how yeah. to end. He can't end a book, mm-hmm. which is the big the big critique on King. Now I have a question. Again, since I haven't read a lot of his books, mm-hmm. and but he's been around obviously for a really long time. He's a, the most success, financially successful author. Of the so to say, he's he, he's the, he's he, exactly he's the most successful author living today. I think. Do you, as a writer, do you think now, like he can, he he's kind of given carte blanche, you know, Absolutely. like he, he isn't has been. from day one. He's been from day one. Okay, from, from right. Car- so from carry on when carry there isn't. Was- yeah. No one, no one, not, not, there's no publisher saying like, hey, you know, this is too long. Why don't you cut some of this stuff out? It's not really necessary for the story or the character development. Well, he does edit stuff out because there's like four or five different versions of The Stand, right? Jeez. There's like, because The Stand is, if you think this is long, it is a thousand pages. I know, mm-hmm. I know, I know. Like, the thing with King is that uh, King is not a plotter. King is in the writing world, we call it pantser. So King gets an idea and he just starts writing. Exactly. And he doesn't, tell. he literally doesn't know where he's going, but he can't, like he says, he's tried to like plot his books and he just, he just can't do it. Like, so part of the thing about King is like, you're kind of learning the story as he is, yeah. right? Like he's almost on autopilot when he writes a lot of his books. Whereas like someone like a dork like me, my stuff is a lot shorter because I'm, I come from comics where everything has to be like super plotted. Right. 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 Yeah. So that's, that's my process. I mean, King is most funny because King's my favorite writer. So I, I have a completely different process. Well, it, ju- it just goes to show how brilliant he is that he, he can do that and mm-hmm. still get to the end. Like, and still like, get to the end point. A lot of writers can't. A lot of You'll see from a lot of people who start writing, they'll try to do what he does and they're just, they're incapable of it. But I will right. say that I was a little pissed off that you made me read this book. Okay, good. Why? 
Why specifically? <laughs> because number one, I can't. I, I really don't like stories where children get hurt. Fair. And a, a lot, lot of, of a lot of children are getting hurt in this story, and especially twins because my granddaughters Fair. are twins. Fair. Yeah. So. so like yeah, yeah. There's all. There's all. What I like about King is that there's like there is no there are no sacred cows. Right. No, right? and I get that. And everybody, but that's the thing with him is like everyone's like if you ever watched the movie, the only movie he ever directed was this horrible schlocky piece of shit called Maximum Overdrive. Oh God, yeah. And that oh, it's is delicious, just, delicious oh, it's schlock. Awful. <laughs> but there's kids getting mowed down. Oh yeah. And it's like it's yeah. like unheard of. Like, the baseball field. Yes, the exactly <laughs> the baseball field, like the baseball field scene. So there's like and there's like a sequence in Doctor Sleep where a kid gets murdered by these like essential like spirit vampires and it's in gruesome detail and mike flanagan is the director of the film does an amazing job capturing it so i mean like that's the whole thing with king is that like he put he oftentimes he'll put kids in the center of his stories but they're on like they can die like there's like there's no sugarcoating anything with them right like, which again is part of what makes Part of what makes a King story fun is you don't know who's gonna make it, and a lot more kids make it in this book than I thought were. Going. Well, yeah, and, and and a lot of the bad guys did get their comeuppance. And they do. I, I get the they they're they kind of uh, hint at the fact that the rest of the people that the the institute people that got away didn't really get away. You know, mm-hmm. and there's right. other institutes across the globe. Yeah, they just we, brought the one down. There's probably there's, well, they brought all of them down. Basically. They did bring all of them down, but I mean, like, yeah, there's. But you got the feeling there's probably still, you know, oh yeah, yeah, bad mm-hmm. things afoot. But he'll he won't touch that. Well, if his universe is connected, then there's yeah, there's definitely it is, and there's and there's this isn't necessarily one of the top because all things serve the beam, everything serves the dark tower. Like there are connections to his other books. Like I said, there's the, the overt one with Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. Is the most most obvious, and there's also, I forget off the top of my head. There's another. There's a reference to one of his books that I forgot about that that's that cares. But the the Sam's Lot one is the most obvious. There there was one, um, not quite on this subject, but there was one thing that I caught in near the beginning of the book when they were talking about the ability the the ability to get the BDNF. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of, one of the characters said that they were having trouble finding more kids. They thought that the the genes were being that like the, it was being bred out of the human race, right? And I thought to myself, well, you guys are breeding it out of the human race because you're basically taking everybody with a high BDNF and you're taking them out of the gene pool. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And these people I, didn't I, seem to realize that. Like, no. like he's he he Skink King is literally writing these people thinking these thoughts, and you're sitting there going, "These guys are idiots." Well, that's and that's what makes it work is because you know they're fucking stupid and short sighted. You're right; yeah. they are breeding them out by doing this, and they don't realize. But well, it's also a great, but it's also a great play in corporate America, where like, you know, all these animals are dying. I wonder why. Or all these mm-hmm. trees. You know, it's a great, it's a great little you know snide commentary on that. So right. I mean, just just the way that Luke escapes. You know, digging digs under a fence, mm-hmm. like that's the most low tech way to get out of a, a place like that. But yet, no one ever thought that a kid would dig under the fence and escape that way. You know, I mean, like, like also too is like a lot of these kids. I kind of got the vibe a lot of them are kind of high functioning autistic. Well, yeah. They, yeah, or or they're troubled in some way. Troubled in some way, she performed. Where Luke is like, what's interesting about this story as opposed to a lot of like what King does is they're all they're all very low low powered i guess you'll say uh-huh. like telekinesis or telekinetics like they can like luke talks about he can make them pages flip 
Like right. that's really it. You're like you're not talking about Carrie White, who's like you know destroying her high school gym and and, and like strangling people with a fire hose. Exactly. Or Danny Torrance, who's like you know talking to ghosts. You know, like you're talking to like these and the and the King Universe. These are like the most low rung powered people, and they just these are the ones they were able to get their hands on. Hmm. And and right. And Unless, part of me. Well, and, well, but also a big part of the story is they're trying to figure out ways to enhance their powers and make them yes, stronger. Yes, and failing miserably. Right. Because right. again, these people were idiots. What was the idiots, what was yeah. the head of it? Mrs. What's her name? Oh, I can't uh, remember her name. I got the Wikipedia up. Hold on. Yeah, you, you know, but the, the the head of this thing, the Sigsby? way. Yeah. Yeah. There so you go. Her, her her characterization is like spot on for like a lot of people in power. Yeah, I agree. They, they just they are they they have the IQ of a flea, and they're so sure that they're right and you're wrong and that they are so important that they it, they could sit there in the middle of a gunfight and say, why are you shooting at me? I, I'm important. <laughs> I love her character because it, it's a great, hey, she is a great comment, like a great commentary on, like you said, powerful people in society. Karens, like powerful Karens, the basic. Yeah. Well, Karens and Kevins, like it, basically it's just that, that, that mindset of, you just don't understand how insignificant you are compared to what I do. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I've, I've met people like that and it blows your mind when you realize these people have no I introspection at all. I don't but, see but he it. writes it so well. Mm -hmm. I, I disagree. I don't see it that way. I see her more as, I mean, I agree that she's an idiot in power, but it's not so much that it's an idiot. It's somebody gets into power and things have always been done this way. Yeah, 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 that too, yeah. So, so there's gonna... no reason to look outside the box. There's no reason right. to, th this has worked. This is how we've always done it. There's no reason to question what's going on. There's right, no but, that, to... but, but that's the thing. These 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 kinds of people, no inquisitive, inquisitiveness, no introspection, literally nothing. Like, yeah, she was put in that place. And like you said, Dave, she just rode the roller coaster because it was going that way, right? Right, but right. Like, I mean, because they talk about how like, the the cameras are all getting covered with dust and that so it's making it hard to see what the kids are doing mm -hmm. you know which is also part of how luke was able to escape you know it's general it's like again it's this idea of malaise right well no one's ever gotten away before no one's ever done this before and right. it really is this i love the idea that well have you tried mm -hmm. you know and again i don't think any of the kids have the guts to really try to do it which which is what you were, I think, alluding to is that like they're either high functioning autistic or yeah. troubled in some way. This is the first high functioning kid. He's a normal. He's, he's, he's a normal kid. Normal. Yeah. I shouldn't say to normal, but he's he's the kid who's like, why are we doing this again? Like he should have been weeded out of the process. And that's like they even talk about that. How Luke probably shouldn't have been brought there. Right. Because he doesn't accept because a lot of these kids just accept with what they're presented. And Luke is like, no. Like he should have been processed through, but they're so desperate for kids with the, the I, I always forget the name of the, the acronym they use. TK or TP. Yeah, the TK or TP. They're so desperate for them right now because like John said, they're breeding them out is they go, well, we'll just take this one. He'll fall in line like the rest of them do. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't. Where maybe 20 years ago when it was the shop running things, they probably wouldn't have taken the risk on a kid like Luke. Right. Right. And they talk about it like, well, we probably shouldn't have gone with this one, but we decided to anyway. And right. like, and I just, and he makes for a great character because he's like, he's not overly rebellious, but he's the only one who's like, why are we doing this? 
Yeah. You know, he's the most reasonable character in the entire book. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. No. And even the other kid. No, not Avery. The one all the girls like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Shoot. Oh, I got the wiki up. We all know somebody like that. It's George. No, not George. Nick. Nick, 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 Nick. Nick. Right. Like, even he fights the guards and he fights. He's too rebellious. He's too rebellious, but he doesn't think, like, how do I escape? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. He's but, he's almost like I almost read Nick as like, you know, he hates where he's at, but he doesn't really he's not really slick enough to get out. So he's just going to take a bunch of punishment. Right. You but, know, but but at the same time, like even if even if Luke hadn't done what he did, the that roller coaster was degrading as it ran. Yeah, and someone at some point, one of those mm-hmm. kids would have gotten out mm-hmm. like, you know, and yeah. and and it's a it's a nice allegory for for government. Absolutely, like for is. people in power, yeah. Absolutely, it's absolutely a story about government. This is totally King's because again, when well, King was I, in the eight, well, King was in the. I'll, I'll speak on King a little bit. When King is in the eighties, a big, the big idea of the shadow government, the powerful people that control everything when you're not looking. You know, this mm-hmm. is also fueled by his cocaine addiction. Is secretly <laughs> running everything that you don't see, and they're super powerful. And now that he's older, clean, and super cynical, he's like, yes, they are, but they're also fucking stupid, right? But, so that's like this is like the grown up version, like like Firestarter with a little more cynicism. I think I think you then have to take the analogy the whole way is then the kids are like everyone else because like yes, there's people in charge and they're stupid, but we just accept it and we just yeah, keep oh, moving sure. along until someone like Luke comes on along and is like, wait, no, yeah. hold on. Well, again, right. Exactly. He always takes that one to just sit there and get them the question and to organize them. Because they never had a kid, because again, most kids most kids accept and do what the teacher tells them to, right? right? Like most kids accept accept that this person is in charge and don't yep. fight back against the system, especially not in the way that Luke does, because most people fight back. They're like Nick, right? Is they're just lashing out. Whereas like Luke is plotting from like day one and Luke is smart and they get a kid who's like not a genius, but like smarter than the average bear and like a little bit, but smart enough to just kind of keep his mouth shut about what he's doing. Well, right. no, he kind of say he was a genius. He was a genius. He got he accepted. Is, he he, he got accepted to college at twelve. He, yes, that's true. But I mean, like, Two I colleges. forgot about that. That's Two true. Co- right. Again, but again, he like doesn't. He's not like a Sheldon Cooper, where like you're so smart that you can't exist. Like you, you can't exist around normal people. Like he's a normal kid, really. Well, yeah, he's a genius who's just socially normal well adjusted right he's socially that's it, socially that's well it. adjusted there but you don't see that kind of character very often portrayed in, in no. media right like a soup again he's a little bit like oh this kids can do everything well, i don't you know? think i i don't think any genius has ever been socially well adjusted so and that's but that's the thing though that's where it bucks the trend a little bit with yeah. luke because luke is just a normal kid who just happens to be super smart well now see and there's another thing that king kind of hints at is it that the geniuses aren't well adjusted or the geniuses are dealing with a society that can't see them as well adjusted I because agree. The society is no, 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 but, but cause even, cause they even talk about that in the book where he knows he's different and he made a point of trying to fit in socially mm-hmm. with other kids. So he wasn't looked at as being different. So right, like, that's he, how smart he is. Right. Exactly. And his parents actually did do a good boy. That opening sequence with Luke when they get him. That got me hard. I had to put it down for like a good day or two, you know, 
when uh, when they when they capture Luke when they execute oh, his yeah. family. Oh, that yeah, was yeah. that was that was a hard one to read for me. And that's like, good characterization because you immediately good. were like really pissed because you liked his his yeah. parents. Yeah, you like them because again, a lot of times in King's King's work is you meet the parents and you're you're immediately like. Mm people suck you know because he's got he's got well, he's got issues right and he's always right, through right. them in his stories and here it's funny because now he's a grandfather you know and he's he's done a good job raising kids joe hill great writer like and he's he's created a set of parents that are likable and he immediately kills them right you know it's it's powerful man he just he really does a great job of getting you invested in characters does he meander Yes, but that's just Stephen King. A lot. Not as much the No, well, okay, you may think a lot, but I've been through... Because you read fantasy. So I read... you know... Yeah. Y- yeah. Like, you know... Hard you get, fantasy. Yeah, you... I mean, look look at Lord of the Rings. I mean, yeah. you, you want meandering? Look look at that. Or, or like I said, Robert Jordan, mm-hmm. the Wheel of Time series. You want meandering? Try any... Again, a, an entire yeah, I, chapter devoted to... to he wrote a uh, one thousand. straight de- describing the 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 wind blowing yes. through the hair of Egwene. I mean, it's yes. like he, and I and I he, he wrote a thousand page book about a mutant clown. Yeah, I mean, yes, I get it, I get it, and and I'm this just, is him at his most focus. I know, I know, <laughs> yeah, and I, but it's just like there's just no. so much detail that like even in even in the whole escape sequence and him getting to the train and and all that. There's so much you're like. Because you think like it's going to go somewhere, like this little detail is going to be important. It's like, nah, no, nah, it's just just a detail he added that, like, you know, like the, but it, it's all he, he's push. at the train yard and, and the guy on his phone and blah blah. But like that has well, that is used. He uses that, you know, like that stuff is used. But I mean, like, I get where you're coming from. Like again, there's could if he was coming, if Stephen King was making his break today, an editor would not let him get away with a lot of the stuff he gets away with. I, yeah. I don't disagree. See, with that. I, I don't I don't know because it it. When you're reading it, like I mean, it doesn't bother a, me. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's a difference between reading it and having it being read to you. But when you're reading it, yeah, it makes the world alive around no, I think you. If it's I was, not this cardboard cutout that that the main um, characters just navigate. I think you know? if I was reading it, I still would be like, get to the point already. Like, where's this yeah. going? I, I I see. I get where you're coming from. And again, it's like when you read King, that's just that's just King. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And then that's part, I think that's part of what people like about him is the fact that like, you know, the details are so poured over and does such a, cause those things help paint the picture in your head. Cause like, it's very easy when I'm reading King to like get lost in the movie in my head. Yeah. You know, what I was doing when we were doing what's it called the Dresden books, because I was doing the audio, I had a harder time getting through it, you yeah. know, because like, I find it to be more of a chore to listen to a book than to read a book. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. I'm enjoying it because I go, I I go but for you've walks read every them before. day. But not the institute, and I enjoyed listening to that. Fair, fair. Because like, I, I, because I, 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 I go for walks every day, and I just yeah. listen to I'm on my walk. No, and I'm a podcast guy, so I, I, I get what you're saying. But yeah. I guess when it comes to a book, like I find, like I'm, I decided to do the Dark Tower books all on audio, and like I'm on Wizard and Glass, which is everybody's favorite. I'm having a hard time with it at this point because yeah, I'm just, they're just not in a spot that the spot that everybody likes i don't love as much so i mean and part of it too is like you know i'm a little if i was reading it i might be a little bit more in but with audio i can kind of do five things at once maybe it's just my add that kind of starts taking yeah. over you know so i, I mean i would like, say the I, same thing with john i think that it's po- i mean it's possible you know whereas yeah. i think the reading reading the books i get actually physically reading them i get more engrossed mm. so so by the time you got to the end mm-hmm. or 
I, I won't even really say the the end, but like when when they return to the institute and they're they're now saving the kids, basically. Like, were you expecting any of them to live, or I thought they were all going to die? You thought okay. I thought Luke would make it, and I thought the rest of them would die because yeah. in the eighties, that's what he would have done. Yeah, I mean, I was I was getting that feeling like he's going to kill them all, isn't he? Like, which is good because again, he's got that he's got that track record. The little kid in Cujo dies. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, there's a lot like it. Like, they all make it in it, but I mean, not really. Like, some of them, like, it's not pretty. Like, so I mean, like, there's there's real like I like about it, you felt the stakes, right? And some of them didn't make it. Like a lot of the kid, most of the kids in the institute did in fact die. You know. Right, but I mean, a lot of the characters you got to know lived. So. Yeah, a lot, that's surprising, actually. It's surprising yeah. that they did that. How about you, John? What did you? What were you thinking when you got to that part? Like, I, I, I thought some of them were going to live. I, I thought Avery was going to get out. He didn't make it. <sighs> Avery's um, one who doesn't that, make it. That, yeah, that was like that was hard. And, Avery, because Avery's got such a great character arc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and in some cases, I mean, like character characterize. <sighs> characterizing kids is hard it is because it's hard for somebody like our age you know or even in their 20s and 30s to remember what Mm -hmm. the thought processes were like when you were that when you were that young and in most cases these kids acted like kids and it was Mm -hmm. i you know i give king's kudos for that so yeah it was hard when like avery didn't make it because you know they're still kind of an innocent Oh, Avery's big and he time did, innocent. and he was he was a boss when he went through the when he was being tortured and he still managed to throw them off. He he still uh, somehow managed to say to say enough that they thought he was telling the truth and yet still throw them off in the end. And if it wasn't for that other girl, that other backstabbing oh my girl God. Who, who probably didn't make it, definitely didn't make it. Hopefully, didn't make it. She didn't make it. Avery is such a great representation for the journey of the ki- of the kids in general in the story because he gets there and like I said that's a high he's a he's an autistic kid for sure. Like they make a comment that he's like twelve but he's like seven, you know. But he's again he's the best. Like, Avery was ten, I think, wasn't he? Ten, ten, was. ten, he was ten. Yeah. But he's but he's younger, you know. Like he acts, you know, he, he acts like a kid who's not even in first grade. Yeah. Right, right. He's not. He's clearly autistic, <laughs> but like he in and in the institute he finds love and he finds that family system that he never had from his actual family. And it helps him become more in this darkness. He becomes more adjusted socially and like with a family, like he builds a family and then he's the one who saves the day. Right. Cause he knows that he, this is the only way he can save his friends. So, it's but, like, Oh, it's heart wrenching. But the, but the girl who, who ratted them out, Oh, she wasn't evil. She, she like it, she she had just been brought in. She hadn't had time to integrate and realize right, it was, that it was a family. It was, and she her background was horrible. Self self preservation. Right. That's one of the things that <sighs> she didn't know what she was doing was wrong. No, she was trying to help because again, this but again, that's what the this is another great commentary in society is this is way the institute like brings kids right is you you have to look out for number one you have to look out for yourself mm-hmm. and through Luke and through uh, Avery and these mix of kids they do create this family environment right they take care of each other which doesn't really happen because you don't give they don't have enough time so I will say that I can't think of that character's name but that is one of the things like so Shaw gets sent to back half. And she says to Luke, like, you have to take care of Avery, right? And they, that's, that's basically why they bond. Right. 
Helen. Okay. Um, and then basically Luke kind of asks Helen to take care of Avery, but the, because he, he's going to be going to back half or whatever, but like, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 like, again, she really wasn't evil. It was self-preservation, but they couldn't see that in her both now having, you know, telepathic abilities. They all have them though, and they don't. But they don't know how to use them, right? It's like well, Avery does. Avery does, but Avery doesn't have a firm grasp on people. Yeah, you know, and Avery almost trusts. Avery gets to trust these people, so he's almost like well, super welcoming. Like Avery's like again, he's a young child, young. I see five year old. Young kids are like hi, you know. They 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 like everybody, right? And like Luke's a little bit more, you know, hard edged. But I mean, like. I think Luke assumes that everyone who who goes through the the institute is going to bond on the garbage yeah. they have to go through, and like you said, she doesn't have the time, and her background is so bad that she is looking just to protect herself, and she doesn't have the connection with them, even though they assume that she's going to be part of the gang. Yeah, that's true. you know, it just doesn't doesn't have the time. Um, but it's just one of those things. Like again, King throws these wrench. Th- he basically mm-hmm. creates these characters and then throws wrenches at them and- from life. You know? I mean, I also get to because they needed the portrayal to to propel the story forward as well. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's she she Judas that's a plot she's, point. She's Judas. She's Judas, right? Exactly. Right? Like, she turns on them and then like doesn't love it, but she's like, you know, she also doesn't really get what they're doing. But if she had been there for three weeks, she would have gotten it, right? But she's not. She's there for like a week, you know, and she doesn't have their experience, mm-hmm. right? You know, because again, like it's almost like those of uh, the stages of grieving. You know, she's kind of in the bargaining phase. Yeah. Like, the rest of these kids are kind of on to acceptance. Yeah. So the other character that made me think of you, JD, is the the wrestling kid. There. And I may and I and I, as I'm like as I'm as I'm listen, you know, as I'm thinking about this character, I'm like, and I can't think of his name either. But I'm sitting there going, is this a stereotype of kids who like wrestling yeah, or? Kinda. <laughs> Kind of, kind of. Yeah, you think? A little yeah. bit. I mean, I honestly, I'd forgotten about it. So, I mean, like, I didn't, like, read into that a little bit. I mean, it's he it kind of is what it is. He's a little bit of a meathead. So, yeah, exactly. Definitely. I mean, yeah. pushes over a 10-year-old right away. It was like, what? Yeah, he's kind of a jerk. But he's the one who winds up being protective of the twins. Mm-hmm. You know? And he yeah. goes down well, hard. Again, like, let's not... <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he goes down bad too, but I mean, yeah. like he's the one who like it goes bad again, they're they're all tortured. Like these kids are tortured yeah. beyond mentally. So you can't like it's hard to judge them like normal kids because these aren't normal kids. These are all essentially special needs kids. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they essentially bring in Luke who's basically Bart Simpson. Oh and then God. he kind of has to outwit him. You're right. <laughs> I mean, he's basically Bart. He's basically a smarter Bart Simpson. Definitely. Yeah. All right, because he's crazy manipulative, right? And he's like, but he's smart and he's earn, he's earnest. So I mean, people don't take him seriously, even though he's super shady, yes. lying to people left and right in this book. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. I, I I love these. I love these characters, and I like that they weren't exactly like the kids from it. Oh, like see, they recreated. And you should you definitely like. I will say this too when when you're listening to the book. Um, and the guy does the voice for Hendrix, Doctor Hendrix. It's like you really puts a picture in your head of of this guy. Like it's not just the description. It's like the voice that he does. It's like yeah, 
I can see it. Like, oh, and okay. Santino Fontana, the, that's mm-hmm. the guy who did your, who yeah. read it. Yeah, he's the voice of Hans from Frozen. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, no, it's so he's a voice actor, so it makes sense. So he could do different voices. Well, yeah, yeah, a voice actor and an actor. He's, he's been in a lot of stuff. But so. I'm saying, like, he's really good at doing different oh, yeah. voices. And it's and it's just like, and when he gets to Hendrix, and it's just like, yeah, I can well, picture Hendrix this guy. Such an interesting character to begin with. You know, so I'm kind of letting, kind of regretting now that I haven't heard the audio book. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, and then the Heckle and Jekyll. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. That, the, the, the part with the, at the crematorium. Oh my God! Just that's dark. It's very dark, but dark. the way, the way he does—is it Jekyll? No, it's Heckle that they're with in, in the crematorium, and the way he does that character is just like, oh, okay, you know, like they're all absent-minded when they're in the hallway, but then once they're back there, their minds clear up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting because the back half doesn't mess with your brain. Yeah, man, this is—I love how uh, I love how the the front half becomes like a purgatory. Yes, you know, and then the back half is essentially hell. Like it's, I don't know. There's some. There's such good. Well, the back half of the back half is probably hell. Yes, the back half of the back. Yes, like it's like uh, your old Dante, like your levels. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. That's definitely true. Yeah. yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I just read his most recent book later, and that one is. Uh, it takes a long time to get going for a book that's only 300 pages, and that one is firmly steep, stooped, steeped, firmly. Entrenched in King lore, and I, I enjoyed this one a lot more. To be honest with you, I liked it. I really liked it. It's going to be a, a TV show, David David E. Kelly. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. On uh, Netflix doesn't, or doesn't say. Just they're going to expand on it. Limited, limited series. I don't know. I may mean, imagine they're going to play with it. Like I don't. I don't hope they don't do a whole lot. Like they did with the Outsider. Like the Outsider. I love the first like two episodes. How and then you, by the third episode, I was like, "This is too different. Fuck this!" Like I was out. How do you do a book like this as a miniseries? Like, like Golden you, Years or what? Like, well, I'm just saying. Like, years? if you do, if you do, let's say you take the different sections of the books and make each one an episode, right? Mm-hmm. And like I said, but your first episode deals with a character. No, I think you start with Luke and this. I think you start with Luke's. You start with Luke's family and, and then his kidnapping. Start, yeah, I think you have to. Again, King does this a lot, where like the the way King tells the stories, they're they're linear but not super linear, and he can get away with that a little bit. Whereas I think with this one, you have to establish Luke right away, and then you can go back. Like you might not even have to do Tim until you get closer to meeting Tim, which for the purposes of a TV show might be better. Because if you introduce Tim right away, and you don't see him till episode like five or six. People are going to forget who he is. Right. So I think you might want to change it up a, a bit that way. Yeah. You know? No, that's, that's what I was getting at. Okay. Yeah, I think you, I think you got to jump right into Luke and his story. Cause this, he's the driver of the story. And again, with Tim, I get why he did that. Cause again, he likes to throw different things at you and he, he established where they were going. Right. But then by right. the time you actually get there, you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot about this. You know? Right. Right. As soon well, as I mean, they... he has to, he has to try and build the characterizations, and you can't do that if the first time you meet Tim is when Luke enters the picture. Right. It is. And it's tricky. Like, because you're right. You have to have, you have to know who this guy is before. Because right. I'm sure that might have been something he, he, he got there like, well, who the hell are these people? Yeah. Because you know, I gotta that go back point, and figure this out. Because you know? that makes them meet when they meet, that makes it more really interesting because you're like oh it's in yeah because we know who they are Mm -hmm. and we know what tim's motivations are we understand tim so when we know why tim is doing everything he's doing 
right? right? And then it's someone like that's act that's like the act three when he gets to South when, when Luke gets to South Carolina. And if we spent the first part of act three establishing the town, it hurts, it slows no. the story down, so. right? Right, you hit a brick wall. And and also that means that when when Tim finally meets Luke for the first time, you're sitting there going, "Oh crap, bad guys are coming!" <laughs> like right. don't you know? And you also establish what Tim is willing to do, right? With right. that robbery sequence, so really you yes. get a lot, and it's only like thirty. That's why thirty pages. So I mean, like, would most writers do that? Probably not, because I mean, like, you want to keep things far more linear. You need the skill that King has when you've written a hundred books and you know how to do this stuff, like where you can where you're into it and your character, because like, they're long, but they read real easy. Yeah. Because like, I tried to read Robert Jordan. That's hard. Yeah, no. That's, that's a challenge, man. <laughs> so, I mean, like, and King's stuff is, like, it's super digestible. Yeah. You well, know what? I, you, you want really, really bad? Try Full Cult's Pendulum. So, good. I'm so, that's one echo. of the things, that's actually Let's one see. of the, it, it's funny, that's one of the things I wanted to say about King, and you just reminded me. It's, you take popular writers of their time, and, like it's hard to go back and and read like Twain, right? Mark Twain mm-hmm. is hard is, to read him. is one of my favorite writers, but it's hard to go back and write his stuff. But his it, it's written in a vernacular mm-hmm. of the time he lived. Absolutely. Where King's now is written in the vernacular of the time we live now, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, or or who's another one? I was gonna say Tolkien, but no, he's just he's flowery language. Like it's not like. So I read The Postman Always Rings Twice. A few mm-hmm. years ago when I was writing uh, this noir thing. And that's all first person, but it's very of the 30s. There you go. Right? So, I mean, like, and it's not Hammett, but I've read Maltese Falcon. That Hammett's easier to read. But there's oh, a lot Sherlock of that. Holmes. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah Doyle, that's a good one, too. Doyle, yeah, no, that's, the, that's, the, that's, the, that's who I was trying to think. Doyle's another good, mm-hmm, great yeah. example. Well, you're written, it was written for the audience that was reading. Shakespeare's like that, too. People are like, oh, I can't read Shakespeare. Shakespeare was meant to be performed from a 15th cent from a 14th 15th no, 15th century, century year yes right so we read it now and we're like i don't understand any of this yeah because the well they didn't understand different. either because he was making he was making up new words and he like practically invented a quarter he of the did. english language he did but again it was meant for you know because that's pretty much close to how people talked in in you know right. 15th century england so yeah. i mean like yeah and again, that's what good writers do is they like they make they make it accessible for the audience with which you know who is imbibing the content yes yeah, so that's that's yeah. I was gonna say that like that's that's one of the things I appreciate about his writing is it's mm-hmm. you know he's he's just telling you a story and he's not trying to you know sound smarter than you. He's just mm-hmm. you know um, it's like a, it's like you're just being told what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a there's something very every there's a very everyman quality. Yes, that's about it. his work where like even if you try to read like Lovecraft or something like that, like it you know it's very pulpy. Dean Koontz yeah. is good too. Yeah, I've I, never read Dean Koontz. And Dean I really Koontz has got some really, really good books. He gets, he gets, unfortunately, being the other guy. You know, he gets labeled. Oh yeah, there's as being the rivalry. The other guy. Yeah, yeah, the King. You know, the King Koontz thing, where like you know he's like, oh, you know, Dean Koontz. You know, I mean, like that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. No. No. And I have an, I have a new book I'm gonna read. I hope that author is is just as good. It's a book called Sundown. He's not. You know, no. if, if that's the stand, if that's the standard which which you're going to judge me as Stephen King, you'll be let down. <laughs> I was trying to, I'm trying to remember where I stuck it. I think it's I over on the other side of the room. Where you stick it? <laughs> I think it's on the other side of the room by my bed. So, uh oh. <laughs> Did we lose JD? There you go. Product placement. Got my headphones. Yes, but I haven't started it yet oh, because I've, I had I've to got finish. Mine here. I've got mine here. 
on this. I had I had to finish. Uh, well, that'd be the first book I physically read in a while. But I had to finish the Institute first. So it's also a book five in a series. So perhaps that was that might not be the best move. <sighs> we'll see. It's clearly labeled. <laughs> it's Sorry. clearly labeled. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This this is my next reading book. This is all my next. <laughs> you see, I redesigned the spines from when John bought from the last one. So the spines look a lot better now. Really? Yeah. If you look at the last two the it's spines. N- it's nice when the spines actually have the book number on them, too, because it's easier when you've got them on a bookshelf. Fair. I never thought of that about that. I don't say it very often, but I'll keep that in mind for the next redesign. Yeah, it took it took <laughs> a good like, suggestion. It took like Tracy Hickman and, and Weiss and the guys who did Dragon right. Lance a while. Mine are always like Mine are like right here. Like oh, yeah. it's the I, number I, five. I, I derailed this conversation by mentioning your book. All right, I've died twice in these books. <laughs> you do? That's that's why I, I can't wait to read how you kill them. That's that's the whole reason. All right, so let's wrap this up. I don't know how we want to how we wrap this up. I mean, you know, I guess we recommend the book. Yay, nay. And, oh, yay, uh, yay, big yay. Oh, definitely. I'll 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 give it uh, nineteen kunstes. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I will say, I recommend it with a warning. If you have an issue with children getting hurt, do not Fair. read this. Fair. Uh, it's not horror, so if you're going in this expecting it or Carrie or something like that, it's not. But kids do get hurt, and it's a supernatural thriller, I guess. That's not. That's, it's not that much supernatural. It's just. It's just about kids with ESP. Abilities. Well, it's it's that's I, 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 as supernatural as it gets. My I man. know, but I usually think of supernatural as it's a about demon kids or with, something. It's Super, about, psionic abilities. It's about know. kids with mental powers being used to assassinate people for the government. That uh, that precogs see them as you know hurting the world. Imagine know, if Charles you, Xavier was a real dick. Exactly. That's, but he is in the. Oh books. my god! In, 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 in the comics, he really dick. is now. Yeah, <laughs> a bigger dick, right? That's what it is. It's, it really it's, is. It's very the much X-Men. like X Men. Mm-hmm. It's very much like X Men. Oh, geez, you just ruined it for me. All right, <laughs> I will say that. So if, again, if you have a problem with kids getting hurt, you might not be for you. But uh, if you enjoy Stephen King, then check it out. All right. Well, before we wrap it up this week, do we have any recommendations for our audience, John? Hmm. I got. I got nothing. I got. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I've got nothing to, I, I would say read uh, JD's books, see how I die, I'll give him more money so he can make, so he can write more, so I can pay him <laughs> to kill me again. I got a thing coming up. I've got another thing, I've got another series coming up. Yeah, I appreciate that. How about I, you, JD? I just started, uh, I got an urban fantasy series coming out this fall. And then after that, I'm going to try my hand at uh, some straight up mystery writing. So like just straight mystery stories, nothing supernatural, nothing spooky. So I've been reading, I've been watching a lot of Columbo and I just started. <laughs> nice. It's great, man. It's so good. Oh yeah. It was really good. And then I also have been reading, I just started the Craig Johnson Longmire books because I love that show and I never read the books. So I'm reading the process of reading The Cold Dish, which is the first of the, of the Walt Longmire series. And I quite, I like it so far. I mean, I'm only like hundred pages in, but it's pretty good. Uh, one more question before I go. You know, excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. Uh, my father loved Columbo. We used to watch it all my the grandpa, time. My grandpa was a huge. I remember watching. Again, I was too young to appreciate when he lived with us. But we always had like when the movies would come on, the new Columbo movies, we had to watch them all. So like they're it's good stuff, man. Yeah, you know, I'd like to see what you write if you shotgun both Columbo and Kolshak. 
yeah, that's kind of what I do. <laughs> like it's kind of that's kind of my stuff to begin with. But that's the the next character who's introduced in the book that John dies in the book of Warlock will spin off into his own series, which are going to be a more traditional mystery thriller type things. So, cool. but read read the Longmire books because the TV show was badass. <laughs> All right. Well, I. We recommend that you go to superheroespeak.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to our social media at the top of the page. Comic book reviews by our good friend D Square. There was a couple put up last week, so go check those out. X Men number one, and I can't remember what the other one is off the top of my head, but check those out. There are more coming, and I am going to recommend. Huh? Don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. See, because I don't personally like. All right. Here's what I'm going to recommend. You've heard the controversy. Don't make your mind up about the show based on reviews. Go watch Masters of the Universe if you haven't seen it yet. And and keep in mind that binging the whole thing, each episode is what, 23 minutes 25 so? minutes. 25 minutes. And you know, that's including like the tra- the the stinger in the trailer and whatever. Very much in the end. spirit of the original so, show. No. So you, right. you could shotgun the whole thing in the in the time of you know a a slightly long movie. So I recommend I recommend you go check it out and then go over on Twitter. Let us know what you think. We would love to hear you. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that next week. And 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 my tweet that's out there asking Kevin Smith to come on the show to talk about it, like it and retweet that. Let's get him on here. So, so he can tell us his thoughts on Masters of the Universe. So on that note, boys and girls, as always, thanks for listening. Don't let you keep caught in the door. Have a good week. <laughs>